This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as always i am never alone sir please introduce yourself my name is dan comic book man everybody dan the comic man is here in studio and other sir please introduce yourself how's it going everybody it's jonathan here aka yogi Yogi is here in studio. I got Dan. I got Yogi. We're here to talk about Mr. Miracle by Tom King, the Eisner Award winning Mr. Miracle by the Eisner Award winning yes. Tom King. Yes. <laughs> oh, this one, this one, that award. Yeah, but, well, I mean, are you surprised now? Now I'm not surprised at this one. <laughs> I'm, this is, there's a reason why this thing won an award now. My God, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a story that I. I actually waited. I was hearing so much good stuff about, and I actually waited to jump in until I think I waited until issue ten to jump in. And those last two issues felt like forever. I, I um, did you read this Yogi week to week, or did you wait? I was reading it week to week, week to week at first, but okay. um, I kind of realized that this wasn't going to be that kind of book, so I just let it sit until all twelve came out. Was it hard? A little bit because you hear everybody praising it, and then I don't want to get spoiled, so I'm like, I should <laughs> yeah. read this now. But I knew better. Like this is not a book I should read all at once. It's only twelve issues. Didn't have to wait that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah I read this in like two, three hours. So it was pretty easy to read through. But it, it's the nine panels that make it really easy to read. But man, I think, yeah. I think. What do you think? I think Tom King actually said he prefers to write like these twelve issue uh, maxi series because you can just. It's one and done story, you know, like you said, you can just read it in three hours and then hand it to someone and be like, look at this piece of literature that I just enjoyed without having to explain 60 years worth of continuity. (laughs) And And there's something to that, to be honest, because I love this. I love Vision. I'm not too, uh, cracked up about Batman, um, because it keeps going. And I don't know if I could have handled 80 issues of Mr. Miracle. Oh like no! That this. Was, yeah, this was this um, was needed to be told in just one full story. Have it end, and just like Vision, which we've also covered here as part of the Major Issues podcast, it yes. takes it takes big turns, it takes bold turns. People die, you know, and you have to continue. It, it, as a twelve issue story, it ends, and you don't ever have to worry about the implications. You can you can play with your mind and and and, and uh, imagine the implications, but. When you have to do a weekly ongoing or you even a bi-monthly ongoing, um, it, it's hard to be that effective. And I, he definitely soars in these mini stories, these mini – what do you call it? Mini uh, – mini... I guess um, I guess it's like a – they call it maxi-series because like mini would be six. Okay, yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, just I mean I'm going way ahead, but at the end of this book it says like stay tuned for the <laughs> for the spiritual sequel or something like that. Like, yeah, it says stay tuned. Is for that the, the Adam sequel. Strange? That stuff. That would be Adam Strange, and he actually um actually um Scott Free, the main character, was wearing an Adam Strange shirt towards the end of the book. Yes, yes, he was. Yes, and now we know that um King will be working on Strange Tales. Uh, coming up soon, I guess after he finishes writing New uh, Gods. No, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get my hands on that. So I'm just a little, I'm down for anything. That. How do you guys feel about Tom King helping Ava DuVernay write New Gods? You know, he, she's getting like oh somebody gosh. to consult. <laughs> yeah, look, so she's getting a real comic book writer, an award-winning comic book writer, to consult on a on a movie that he won an award oh, for. To write that book. He's yeah. writing that joint. He's not just consulting. Oh no, yeah, he's writing. He's gonna write the script. Oh, writing, yeah. Okay, then, then, then you can't go wrong. Like he has the kind of dialogue that you can direct easily. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it's clear that he has a good grasp on what the new gods are, what they're supposed to be, anyway. Um, so I, that's 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 huge. I also wonder if um, we're getting like a Mr. Miracle movie down the line. Yeah. Or, or how much of the Mr. Miracle story we have here is going to play a part in the New God story? Oh, I could so see this as like a night, like, you know, I, sometimes I like a nice two and a half hour movie, but when a story shouldn't be that long, a nice an hour and 45 movie of this particular story, yeah. oh, I would, I would eat I think, that up like I cake. think that's actually a good, that's a good, that's a, um, that's a great point you made. It could be about the story of, um, Orion and, um, Scott Free, you know, the child of God and the child of the devil being switched I do think that's like the juiciest that. aspect of this Apocalypse New Genesis stuff because um, even when I, I, I – what's funny is I think my first introduction to Mr. Miracle was um, – and this is going to sound blasphemous, but <laughs> it was from the Dark Side War. He had just oh, escaped wow. – some. he had just escaped Apocalypse, if I'm not mistaken, and he's like, my name's Scott Free. Well, that's not really my name, but, you know, and he, he laid out – the history of Apocalypse and, and and everything at that point. And he had not been sh- used very much up until that point. Um, Thanks to the New 52. Exactly. And so <laughs> um, when he comes into Rebirth, he doesn't really have a place, place. And then this story comes out and everyone's going crazy about it. So I use my limited knowledge thinking that that would be enough to carry the day when reading this. And it kind of was. I, I, I never felt out of place. And if there was any thread i wanted to tug on like if i wanted to find out who light ray was all that information is available to me via dc well i felt like a lot of these like especially the uh, like uh the high father and characters on apocalypse they were in a lot of um justice league unlimited episodes yes they, they were. were a lot of uh, new genesis being covered in those and like at least in the second season yeah so going into reading this with all of these new genesis and apocalypse characters i knew who they were i knew who a kabbalic was and i knew who granny goodness was it's just i didn't know who mr miracle or really big Barta because she had she didn't have any talking role. She was like in the background of like one yeah. episode. So those two, I didn't know who they were, but I felt like Tom King did a good uh, like job with helping me get acquainted with them without having to truly get acquainted with them. The only thing I knew about Barta and and uh, Mister Miracle was that Superman almost slept with Big Barta. Oh. <laughs> there was almost like a weird... no. Don't do that. That's one of the <laughs> best like couples we- I've ever seen. There was like a weird villain who was trying to like get Superman to sleep with Big Barta on videotape. It's a whole thing, That's uh, and I'm glad that, that, that good old pre-crisis madness. You know, my <laughs> God, I can do anything. <laughs> Stop and, it! Um, it's one of the best couples ever. It's funny that you guys um, are. You know, we were talking about 
how great it was that this was a limited series, you know, a maxi series, as it's called. And initially, it was actually Jack Kirby, the creator of the new gods, the creator of the fourth world and all those characters that actually thought that eventually comic books would have to get to a level of being finite, of telling stories that end so that they could, those could sell and circulate the way that novels do now. And so he created the entire fourth world and new gods as that, as something that he, a story he was going to tell that was going to ultimately be finite and be, be able to be serialized, but collected in almost like how they started with trades after a while. And, yep. um, so he ends up creating this fourth world, which debuts in Superman's pals, Jimmy Olsen in, uh, 1970. And, um, DC planned to introduce the fourth world titles in the November 1970 issue of their preview omnibus title showcase. But Kirby was all like, nah, B. That's us. <laughs> That's my stuff. Keep it out of your stuff. And for a very long time, he did not want those characters play- playing um, with the rest well, of his DC He characters. had just had an issue. Like, he just came from doing the stuff with the uh, Eternals and everything over at Marvel, right? Or do yeah. I have this backwards? Yeah, no, no. Marvel definitely first. He definitely oh, uh, yes. I just went through Because I know that. he had, um, he wanted, like, ownership of these characters and they wouldn't give it to him. So I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. DC wanting to intertwine them with the rest of their universe wouldn't sit too well with the King. And King Jack Kirby, at this point, when he gets signed over to DC, he definitely has enough clout to, to say something like that. You know, with uh, a yeah. co-creator of the Fantastic Four oh, yeah, of course, and a of myriad of other uh, characters as part of Marvel. Um, he was actually unhappy with Marvel at the time because he had co-created so many characters and never got any copyrights or custodies to them. Uh, so he went to rival publisher DC with his sketches and was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so um, author Mark Flores, this is his um, description of what actually went down. He says, the idea of the new gods had come to Jack years earlier when he was plotting 90% of Tales of Asgard stories in Thor. He wanted to have two planets at war and end with Ragnarok, the battle that would kill Thor's lucrative pantheon. Pantheon. <laughs> Instead, he tried the idea in his Inhuman stories. But now that he was now that he's presenting it in its original context, though he wouldn't ever say it publicly, New Gods books started right after the gods in Thor killed one another. The first page of Orion of the New Gods showed the same scenes from Thor, a planet torn in half and armored guards, oh gods, holding swords and dying in a fiery battleground. So yeah, he basically took his ball and I mean I guess I wouldn't say went home with it, but he he sold his goods elsewhere. Oh, he yeah. saw that he was needed somewhere else. Like, if I'm not going to be appreciated at Marvel, especially for the stuff that I've done, yeah. I'm just going to go to where they will appreciate me. And he took his ass to DC. You know who's fourth just... world up the ass as a part of Marvel, though? Like, when you look at designs and all that stuff? Uh, Galactus. Like, yeah. all that, all his spaceship. It looks like that weird thing that Orion rides, that weird well, scooter. That's, uh, that's funny. because He's we... another Jack Kirby creation, yep. right? When yep. we get there, there's a, there's a story that... um. Funky Flashman tells uh, my man <laughs> Stan Funky. Lee, Stan Lee, basically. My man Funky Flashman was telling a story to uh, when he was telling it to Scott. Yeah. About uh, what is? Oh, the Sun Eater or whatever. That's basically Eater. Galactus. That actually makes that was, a lot that, of sense. Yeah, um, if you think of it, it's a it's a dog that goes from planet to planet, finding uh, finding stars. It was. I think that's um, that was a commentary on Stan Lee taking. So what 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 was the words that he used? That I was like, oh wow, it was like um. He he's all, he's the ideas and I'm the word. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's he does, he has the imagination. I use the words. He yeah, just he draws spoke it. like a salesman in talking to a baby. 
You know, like yeah, he was like, the, oh, you know, because the kid would draw the the kid would draw stuff, and then he would say the stories. Yeah, very, very yeah, I think Marvel. He's talking about Jack Kirby Stan Lee's relationship. Well, yeah. At least that's how I saw it. No, definitely. Excelsior. Definitely. <laughs> um, and so he comes over there with a lot of clout. He creates these characters, and um, eventually they get to some play in DC. I think the person that probably got the most was Darkseid. I mean, Mister Miracle pops in and out. Orion, Barda. Um, uh, Granny Goodness, the Furies, but Darkseid I think is the, is the one that probably got the most clout out of uh, joining in with the rest of the the uh, DC's universe of characters. But became one of the like the best villains of that comic yeah. book industry. Yeah, no, no, uh, definitely helped along by his appearances in Superman the animated series. Exactly, making him the big bad for that. And that's the thing: majority of my media depicted. Um, dark side as this ultimate threat and then in doing my research he never like he wasn't for a very long time he wasn't on the same because he's a new god he's like immortal and stuff like that eventually i think one of his first major um breaches into the dc universe is that he ends up being one of the villains in legions of superheroes which tells people that he exists thousands of years into the future showing the kind of you know weight and gravitas that a villain like that would have with the anti-life equation and all that kind of stuff there um but even in the cartoon like they played bit roles but they should be given more more to play with and now they're getting their own feature film so who knows what freaking directions they're going to go in and i think it's been confirmed or all but confirmed that dark side is the antagonist of that but who the hell else would it be i know right like come on now. <laughs> dark side is that's just dark that's just it is. that's just it so how do you guys want to do this i got the whole plot here we can go through the plot chop it up from there is there anything you guys want to say before we start uh getting into this i, I guess i what i will say yeah. um first is that uh i i gotta give king some credit because you know i wasn't very happy with heroes in crisis just just the way that that went and you can tell that there was a lot of editorial um uh, I guess sabotage. Almost. Bullshit. You can call it <laughs> yeah, what it is, man. Yeah, a little bit of editorial sabotage on that end. Um, with them trying to, uh, they they were trying to accomplish something way different than what he was trying to accomplish. And I feel like in this story, he tries to um show the little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to mental health, when it comes to uh struggling with PTSD and depression. And I think that that was something he actually was able to do. I left this a lot more hopeful than I did. Heroes in Crisis. 100%. I felt I left this a lot more like okay, um, Scott is a person, and he's not just the trauma that we see that he goes through. He has trauma. That's one of the part parts of the person, but it's, that's not the whole. And you can't just define any one of these characters that we see as what they've gone through because they're bigger and better than that. And that's something that needs to be stated in humanity alone. I'm just glad it was stated in a comic book. No, one hundred percent. You're right. I don't really have anything to like to say or any way that we could do this. Like, I can, I guess, go like plot for plot, uh, yeah, uh, issue by issue. Because it's, besides the fact that there is a lot in here, it's just there's a lot of emotional moments in each yeah. issue that I would love to tackle individually from the opening panels of his suicide. Like, it, yeah. you can't really spoil it. It's the opening. It's like the cover art. Right, right. Like, right. you can't spoil it when it's the cover art. It's like him sitting with, with bleeding wrists. And not, that's not a very heroic, quote-unquote, uh, you know, a depiction of a hero. But what do you got to say up top, uh, Yogi? Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I'm, I'm, um, he, Dan, just like Dan said, there is a lot in this book that I would like to discuss as we get there story-wise. Okay. 
Cool, cool, cool. So, um, Mr. Miracle, I always want to say Off Top, was created in April of 1971. And uh, we get an introduction to New Genesis and Apocalypse as the book opens up. We uh, hear about High Father and Dark Side and how they rule these two completely different, I guess, sections. Uh, oh, they could be completely different planets. Um, and we find out that after years and years of battling and harsh war, that they decided to come to a bit of a peace, a bit of a truce. And the way that they would um, materialize that truce is High Father would give his son to Dark Side to raise, and Dark Side would give his son to High Father to raise. And so the book says the son of the devil was brought to paradise and given a name Orion. The son of God was brought to hell and tortured until he was made into a warrior. Um, and so for trying to escape Granny Goodness, uh, Granny Good for trying to escape Granny Goodness named him Scott Free. I love That's the play. I love name. the play on that word. Yeah, like he, you almost got away, Scott Free. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's crazy. And we see that his entire childhood is him trying and trying again to escape. Uh, Granny's clutches, but was repeatedly caught and tortured for his efforts. His abilities to never give up won him some favor with the leader of the female Furies, Big Barda, who was also a product of the X Pit. Scott, now fully grown, is eventually escapes and goes to Earth, where he befriends a stuntman named Mr. Miracle. After that, Mr. Miracle is murdered by bad guys. Scott takes up the mantle and uses his skills of escapism to come to become a super escape artist. Um, when ooh, when he was called upon to defend his birth home of New Genesis, he did so with Orion and sometimes Big Barda. The latter two would fall in love and marry. We are told that this is the the beginning of Scott's new life. One free of the torments of Darkseid. But we're also reminded that no matter what changes, Darkseid is. How do you guys feel about that like uh, Jack Kirby-esque origin story they gave us at the very beginning? Almost looking like um, old school panels, but also like old school televisions? Oh, you, you read the, the director's cut is first issue? Because the, 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 the web browser I had, where it yeah. had all the 12 issues, one of them was a issue one director's cut. And it went straight to the suicide? Yeah, like, it, it was like, it had, no, it didn't, it skipped the suicide, and it was before that, it had, like, this uh, whole exposition of it. That's how, that's how, that was the one, one I, that, yeah, you, that you read with read. the exposition through, like, the TV set or whatever? Yes, yes. Yeah, I didn't read it, because when I was scrolling, it, nothing was in <laughs> color, so I was like, wait, why is this not in color? And I just didn't like it. I think it's a good home, early homework assignment for those who want to know more. I think it, it gives you the basis of everything that you need to know going forward. Um, but were you very familiar with all these characters going in, Yogi? Actually, I'm my, all my knowledge of the New Gods comes in stories they they were supporting characters in. Like I've never been, uh, I don't want to say been able to. I guess I, I have been able to. We have the technology in our hands, but yeah. I just never got the chance to go back and read Chad Kirby's original Fourth World stories. Yeah, because even, even Orion gets want... shot right in in Final Crisis. Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> Final Crisis is a funny story because there's a lot of you know uh, Grant Morrison. Just kind of went wild. Yes, he did. With Final Crisis, you, they gave him the multiverse to play with, yep. and he played with it, and he told all these metatextual stories yep. that you needed uh, to know so much. You had you needed to have so much prior knowledge to read Final Crisis, and I went into that thing really early in my comic reading career, and I was blind. I was like, <laughs> my yeah. mind was melted. Yeah, you had. New gods being killed. And I still try to go back and read that. I still try to go back and read Batman back in time. And by the time you get to that part with that weird squiggly monster thing, I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> I guess now, now like reading his stuff in retrospect is always the best way to go. No, yeah. it depends on the work, really. Um, some of his stuff is easier to read than others. But yeah. um, I like being forced to do some homework, to yes. be honest. Yes, that's I do. I, 
I don't like everything spoon fed to me. Sometimes I do like to have to do some research. That's some but, of the best um, parts of this show right here. Is, is <laughs> what the hell did this come from, and who the hell thought about this? No, seriously. <laughs> but in regards to Mister Miracle, um, <clears throat> I think like you said, that original introduction was enough. But like I said, I. I knew I knew a lot. I knew about Scott Free and Big Barda and the Furies and Granny and the High Father versus Dark Side, and I've I've known all the basics for a long time. But yeah. um, yeah, I've never actually delved into stories that they started until now. Anyway, yeah, that makes sense, and I think they know that most people haven't, and that's the reason why they gave us such a quick refresher. Because then we're shown Scott sitting on the floor of his bathroom, razor at his feet, and his wrists drenched in blood. Scott has tried to escape his life once and for all. Uh, yeah. Wow. How do you, <laughs> Scott, open, like that. How do you open up I a like book that like that? Tom King. Because <laughs> the joke is that everything about him is depressing, and like he writes books for people that look out the window and cry. Yeah. But I like that somebody told him Mr. Miracle's thing is that he like he escapes, and then he's like, "What if he tried to escape his own life?" Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I'm like, Jesus, Tom, relax. Yeah. They write it at one point. They write it off as if he tried to escape death. But I think it's plain there that at least in that moment, he tried to escape life. Um, and so Scott is revived in the hospital and Barda wants to talk to him about the incident, but Scott refuses. We see that the Justice League has called to check in on him and that Scott has a lot of Mr. Miracle fans. Like people show up trying to get selfies and all kinds of stuff. Yo, he looked um, like a broken man in that hospital bed. He watching just... him with those bandages all over his hands and like don't – don't his wrists? Yeah, that like don't really, do too much because really, you might bust yeah. open the stitches. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Depressing. Um, I, I just want to say like at this point, before knowing anything else about the book, like at this point I was like, all right, it's everything is off. Like when we jumped and uh, I guess it was like really soon and then he was like on TV doing yes. an interview yes, all of yes. a sudden. I'm yep. like, this is, this is off. Yes, and I, I'm, I'm about to ask that question in a bit. But right before that happens, Orion shows up. And he beats the hell out of Scott. <laughs> and Yo, Barta Orion says, is something else for that, bro. Barda says that he's just handling the situation the best he can. Um, and, yeah, he just beats him down. And then Barda yells at him. And then he leaves. Um, oh, and he, he went in there to, to punch him because he tried killing himself. And he heard yeah, that so he, like he, he, heard he tried killing himself. And he didn't, he didn't. That's his way of handling it. Oh, that's that's actually real brotherly love. He wouldn't know what he would have done without it. Like, in a sense, man, listen, if I found out that my brother tried doing something stupid like that, yeah, I'm going to punch my brother too. Speaking, and then I'm going to hug him, but. <laughs> Speaking more of what Yogi was talking about, um, we are then shown a scene that I think is most likely in Scott's head where he's being interviewed by a late night talk show host about his suicide attempt. And Scott says that his attempt was to see if he can escape death. And the host asks Scott, did he really escape? And we're snapped back to reality. But when he asks that, he looked, um, Scott tried to like, Scott seemed like, wait, what, what did you just ask me? And then the host was like, and we're going to go back to the commercial break. And he looks yeah, right yeah. at us. He looks at us. And so the question is, did Scott really die? Did he really escape death? Is the rest of this story seemingly the twilight of, of Scott's if life. You're a, if you're asking early on, he's I think dead. yes. Yeah, I think he's dead I think too. He died. I'm, I'm sure. I'm actually sure. Like I'm like ninety percent sure he died, and nothing oh, else. That the reason why I believe <laughs> he died is because the end. Happened. The end of every issue ends with this like broken TV staticness. Yeah, that's his life. Every issue that's, has it. Like yeah, that's his life fading throughout the issue too. It's like um random panels will static on you and like things are weird and then like i don't want to jump i don't want to get ahead but we're almost blatantly told like that's what it is yeah yeah like that's his life fading basically yeah. and fragmenting well, and all that with like memory they, and all they, that stuff 
they pretty much tell him, I mean, you died. Yeah. And then this is, this is, uh, yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah. I just, I'm, I'm almost certain that he's dead. Um, we see how high father visits Scott to let him know that dark side has the anti-life equation. We see Scott hanging out with his mentor Oberon and it is implied by Big Barda that this is all in Scott's head because Oberon died of lung cancer. Yo, that was, <laughs> that, that was so depressing. And she just kept saying, that, Scott, yeah. no, you're alone, Scott. You're not alone. Not only that, like, but you the one who pulled the plug because you didn't want Oberon to suffer. So he said he wouldn't like it that dead, way, yeah. You were there when it happened. So you can't even pretend to be like, you didn't see it happen. You were there when it happened. You helped do it. Um, and yeah, you really get to see Scott is not having a good handle on what's going on in life because he did have an entire conversation with somebody who's seemingly dead. And um, Scott is up late at night when his mother box pings with news from Orion. Hi, father is dead and Mr. Miracle and Bardo are required to return to New Genesis. Scott, okay, this, go ahead, at this moment, at this moment, I'm just like, this can't be happening. Yeah, High Father's so just many... dead. Yeah, yeah like, out of nowhere. High Father's dead. Like, that's huge. That's <laughs> yeah. something. Like that's fucking. That that's not something that you just happens in passing. It's yeah. something that doesn't matter. Like that's huge. Definitely. Well, that was. The thing. I think that's the point of this whole comic series. The like the little uh, Max series is like nothing truly mattered except the mundane relationship of Scott and Barda. Like, yeah. everything was seemingly in the background, and it's their relationship that was taking up most of your viewing pleasure. I think, I think that was actually really cool, because, I, um, I like, I remember, before we got on the air, like, so to speak, uh, we, we talked about that, the little interview Tom King gave, where he reflected on Miracle Man, and he talked about how the whole story is told from first-person view, from, yeah. uh, first-person viewpoint, so... Uh, Scott is actually in every single scene because we are seeing everything from Scott's point of view and we never see anything from anybody else's. So right. I'm like, true, yeah. Just an- another clue that the man is dead. But. <laughs> I also like that we hear that Barda is um, like an amalgamation of like how Co- King feels about his wife, how um, the bu- brilliant artist Mitch Gerard thinks about his wife and that originally it was how Kirby felt about his wife. Yeah, like, wasn't, yeah well, I was going to say, it wasn't like Big Barda originally. Like... Yeah. Uh, Kirby, his wife, yeah. breeding in the best uh, parts of his wife into that. Um, Scott and Barta suit up, but just before they boom tube it out of there, Scott has some reservations because he thinks he's going crazy. Barta administers the same tough love Orion did, <laughs> beating him up and telling him to Knocks stand. Knocks him right in the face. And the two walk through the portal. Um, yeah, but they when they held hands, I was like, damn, that's beautiful. That's the beginning of this narrative to me of pushing your trauma aside to tackle daily life. Yeah. Um, and that's also something, you know, I, we all experience trauma, so I'm not, uh, you know, coming at you guys with anything new. But often when we do, um, we have to push down. Some, sometimes some of the worst breakups or, or uh, members of our family who pass away or times we've been assaulted, we have to push it down to make sure that we're able to do laundry the next day and that we're able to catch the bus or do a homework assignment. And we're really getting a glimpse into Scott and Barta living constantly with this trauma, but being able to put it on the back burner to uh, function, I guess, to literally that's, just that's, live. I, I'd like to say that that's also Tom King drawing upon his own experience from uh, being in the CIA. Yes, I agree. And it's this idea that think- you are not you are not just the trauma you with, uh, withstand. But it's a part of you, but it doesn't have to be all of you. It doesn't have to be definitive. No, and that's what their conversations every time Scott was trying to, like, 
like sugarcoat apocalypse and Barda wasn't having it. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that because I, I want to ask you guys some questions about that. Um, under Orion's okay. orders, Scott heads to Apocalypse and faces off against hordes of parademons. We see the toe each and every battle has on Scott as he becomes little more than Orion's attack dog, slaughtering hundreds of parademons, his suit slick with their blood. He heads back to the shower with Barda, and the two have a mundane conversation about how the water works in the shower. <laughs> that 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 was great. I was it like, just makes me laugh because literally that's a lot of this comic is them just like going back and forth about. It's like, did you leave? Did you turn the shower off? Well, I didn't leave it on. I mean, like, yeah, did you leave the shower on? Well, I didn't turn it off. If that helps. Yeah, I don't like, know if it's on. Am I clean? <laughs> he's standing there covered in in uh. Oh, I love it every time bit. he's on Apocalypse, and it shows his like battle sequences where he's just like it's. The whole Covered panel is red. The whole panel is red, but he has his mask off. So you just see this dude with a big beard in a blood-stained Mr. Miracle outfit. Like, the, the illustration was nothing short of masterpiece. How you like the beard, Yogi? I love the beard. I was just about to say something. Tell me like, not, <laughs> man. Tell me not that's not a slick beard on that man. <laughs> okay, look, bearded superheroes should be the trend. Like, this, the, like getting, getting rid of Superman's beard... So early was like such a mistake. Yeah. So like I love seeing Scott here with a huge. I guess it was a big depression beard, but still. <laughs> and, it, and every every issue, it just kept growing a lot, like a list, a bit of a centimeter. They would just draw yeah, it. Yeah. Un- yeah. It would go yeah. from under his chin to his shoulders. It's like holy crap, yeah. his beard is just going. Because I think it was they, where were they? They were on like Apocalypse for like a fortnight, and he's just oh, yeah. and he's just not shaving. What I think is crazy is that like um. That they, they they do some horrific monstrous things out there in the field, and then are able to just come back and talk about it again, drawing parallels to Tom King's um, background again, drawing parallels to any soldier who's been overseas, the things that you're asked to do, the life that you're asked to live, and then able to just snap back and live a regular life, and what toll that takes on you. I think it, it's it's really poignant that he brought that up, um, and even with all that, right? Even with all the blood and all the the. BS that he's dealing with that and death and murder and destruction and casualties and war is hell and all that. They still have to kneel for Orion. <laughs> Orion is not, still the high father. Oh my. He's like, yeah, it, it would it'd be courtesy to he kneel. He refused to acknowledge. It's like during this whole, uh, during this whole, I guess, montage of violence, yeah. he would, um, uh, Scott Free would only acknowledge Orion as Orion, and then it was played off like something he shouldn't be doing, but I actually couldn't realize why. Like I forgot, I didn't realize that Orion would be High Father right now because, yeah. again, the concept of High Father being dead was like get out of here. Yeah. So, but um, Scott Free would just would not acknowledge Orion as High Father. He wouldn't and, even um, acknowledge him as his brother. He's like, that's not my brother. And you're also talking yeah. about the person who's actually born from High Father. Like, yeah, no, that's he's like this is my that, yeah, like that's really my father that like, died. Well, how the hell did you get this job? Like, what, what happened here? Like, I, I don't understand heirs and succession, but I think you know he would go first. I, well, I guess that means that in the will, uh, Scott gets the anti-life equation. So I guess that may, maybe that breaks even. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but um, we find out. Well, first, like you said, they, he they make it very pointed that <laughs> Orion is now the high father. And he needs you to respect that. Is it me or are they drawing Orion as like, not not like like narratively drawing, but like literally drawing his facial expressions to always look like a villain? It's like every time he had that mask off, he had an angry face behind that cherry red hair. Orion has been well, said to have, way. yeah, right? Orion's been said to have like massive anger issues. Like massive. He like, does. Constantly. He does. Oh, I can see. Yeah. Constantly boiling yeah. underneath the surface 
anger issues. Because I did a I did a uh, an article about like um, powerful DC characters, and I, I found I out that, that yeah. he was like literally oh like a dog on the on a leash, like a pit bull. They he was, was it, they call him like the war dog or something like that. He has like a nickname like that that deals with his his tenacity and his aggression. No, and they've they've and made so, a point to say it, but different people from like Apocalypse. I think there was like that meeting. Yeah, they were talking about like you know he's. He's on a leash or something like that. Like he's yeah, he's he he's, has anger issues. Yeah, he's out of control, and so they they make him kneel. And Barney does it. She ain't got no beef, but it takes Scott a little bit to do so. Um, then Orion tells them that uh, he has lost over a quarter of a million troops. First of all, this is the beginning of them starting to say numbers, and these numbers are crazy. The yeah, amount a quarter of bodies, of a million that's two hundred fifty thousand. The amount of bodies in this war is ridiculous. Because well, one now, of the variant covers was them on a pile of bones. There's one instance in the story where uh, Scott throws like a body into a pile and you see how long and far the yeah. pile stretches for. And I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But um, yeah, they lost all those troops because Granny Goodness is too good in the field. So he's hoping that Bart and Scott still have some anger towards her uh, and he sends them over to Apocalypse to murder her and saying that there's no room for debate. Um, in the middle of the night, Metron appears to Scott warning him that he is not to know the face of God. Scott and Barda, exhausted from their battles, just ignore him and go back to sleep. Yeah, what was with that uh, Batman versus Superman flash-looking scene over there? Look, Lois was the key type of Is scene. Is still time? Like, that's what exactly... That's it's, I, I guess it's, um... Uh, like you said, they kind of ignored it and went back to sleep, but I got a feeling that was just Metron coming from, like, real life. Trying to tell Scott he can't die. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes like, sense. But I did like the nonchalant. I did like the nonchalant late nature of like, it just like we tell him we got to do something in the morning. Oh, y'all know that was I was like, hey, Metatron's here. Uh, he has something to say. Well, we have something to do in the morning. Tell you know, yeah, tell him we got to go. We got yeah. to do in the morning. I really, I really, really like that. Because uh, their relationship is just so simple. It's 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 beautiful to to watch. Honestly, it's like pure magic. I could literally watch Big Barda and Scott Free as a romance movie. But another thing is, sadly, you know, they've gone through a lot of these traumas together. So that's the reason why they fit so well, because they, they, they understand each other's trauma. But I wonder, and I'm pretty sure this comic makes you wonder it too, are they normalizing trauma? Are they, are they saying things like the ex-pits are normal? At one point, they get kind of bored and they just start playing audio from the tortures of oh, Apocalypse. It was supposed to be romantic. Right, and that's, that's what I'm saying. They've normalized what they perceive to be trauma. Well, I think that I think the point is for us to believe that they're normalizing trauma because there are a lot of like a dialogue in there that's telling you, "Hey, listen, you're more than your trauma. You're more than your trauma." They were both affected very differently too. I like that um I like seeing the contrast there because they both basically went through the same thing, but they um they took it in and let it affect them very differently from each other. Yeah, you can like see part of it doesn't have that trauma with her from the apocalypse she knows well, she she kind of okay like because with her it's like she can handle it better but she also knows exactly what it was like this was this was horrible nothing about it was glamorous yeah. there was not a single moment that was good and scott can't handle it as well as she can obviously you know but um he he kind of looks back on it fondly sometimes and he even looks back on granny goodness with like uh, oh yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, I definitely. No, want to that, talk about that 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 kind of stuff was sick. But the yeah. same thing with Barda, like you guys talk about. You know, I don't necessarily think that she handles it so easy. She doesn't seem to be able to deal with too much without being able to fly off the handle. 
Like, she's constantly wanting to punch somebody in the face, break shit in the apartment. She murders people later on. No, she's, in the book. She's, she's not handling it well, I guess, normally, but compared to Scott, she's definitely. Yeah. But I think it's out, outwards versus inwards, him. right? Yeah. It's like an outwards it's implosive and explosive. Kind of and like stuff. She's explosive. And he just gotta consider which one ended up actually killing themselves. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's true. Um, so, in the morning, they head to Grady Goodness, but Scott exhibits signs of Stockholm Syndrome, in my opinion, when he asks Barta if she ever cared for Granny while sharing a story where he believed her to take mercy on him. She iterates that she she reiterates that she never liked Granny and the two greet her in a pocket. No, is, is this the Christmas story? Because we can't just brush yeah. over that Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We can't just brush over I don't that know about Christmas. Heart. Do you know the Christmas story about heart? Like, uh, uh, yeah. It was a. Uh, it was during like um in class. Uh-huh. They were talking about Jews, uh-huh. and one of the kids said, "Oh, they can hide in our basement." Uh huh. And the teacher was just dumbfounded by that expression that like this kid in Ger- in like Germany or whatever said that uh, Jews can hide in my basement if they wanted. Yeah, yeah. The next day, cops show up at that kid's house and they find a whole family of Jews in the basement and the father and the boy and, oh the father and like the oldest son end up getting killed in front of the little boy and the mother oh my god and well, then she an says story. Merry Christmas that's terrible oh my god that, just, yeah that sounds like granny goodness it's like Juh. I don't think that was a granny goodness story actually I think he heard that from um, while well, taking a piss off the side of that pit Oh, is that and, uh, no? That homeboy story was the story of the. the was it homeboy story? The story no, of the, the homeboy painting? was yeah. It was with Leonardo. The Vin- painting of the grapes. It was Leonardo da Vinci with oh yeah, and the painting. Of, yeah. It was two different yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The painting yeah. of the grapes. Um, that's him. But that's when that's that's when he heard that story though, because there is actually another one that he tells. Yeah, he's but, gotta, um, he's gotta, we have we have to get there though. Yeah, Granny um scenes. Actually happy to see them grown-up versions of the kids that she tortured. But Barda and Scott hurry her into peace negotiations. She says that Darkseid would not settle for anything less than complete surrender and Orion's head. Later that night, Scott and Barda subdue the parademons. Uh, they kill them. Oh, yo, that, the, the illustration where it's like each panel was just them going Jumping from camp over. to going to camp to camp. Like and combat rolling. Into, it was into awesome. Things. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Uh, ba ba uh, yeah, they subdue the parademons, aka kill them, protecting Granny's tent. But when they step inside of Granny's tent, Barda is shot immediately. And Yo, I didn't know what was going down, but I did not like it. If they were gonna just write off Barda like that, I, I was, was like, so oh, glad. Okay, crazy. Um, and then Granny confesses to Scott that Orion warned her of their plan to kill her, and that Orion probably did so so that she could kill them both. Yeah, and he plays a whole. She plays like a whole voice tape of yeah. him saying, "Listen, I'm sending them there, but they're probably gonna like go against my negotiations and all that." Like, so all this kind of backstabbiness. Because she also explains that she would never kill Scott, who she still sees as a sweet boy, and that she's the one who told High Father that Darkseid had the equation, intending to save Scott in the process. Do we believe, Granny? I uh, believe I, that yeah. this is a manifestation of the way Scott sees Granny. Okay. Like if this if this is like his life just fading before his eyes and this is everything that's happening before he truly dies, then yeah, this might be just how he does always seeing Granny. So goodness. she's still looked at as a cruel caretaker. Stockholm she's still cruel, but she's a hell still of a, a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's it's like that that book. Well, not a book, but it's like the autobiography of a child called It. Yeah. You know, it's still your mother at the end of the day, even if they do. I saw Precious. No, 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 no. no. Not to get too much into the weeds or too specific, but do you guys have a granny goodness in your life? Somebody that you've uh, contextualized as being maybe a little bit better than they they were? 
Yeah, I got a Funkle Uncle. That's a, yeah, yeah, I got myself yeah. a little Funkle Uncle that's literally just like granny goodness. Yeah, I think I think we've all find ways to, especially when it comes to family, normalize um, certain things that probably weren't great for the sake of living on the next day. Not to get too crazy day. off topic, but it, it took me all basically all my life until I got to an adult adult to realize my father's pretty prejudiced. My father right. says some kind of, some racist comments. It's like maybe I ignored it all my life and I never truly saw it because or it's got if normalized. That's, it's like if that's who you are, then that's always going to be who you were. And right. if I was younger and I never really noticed what you were saying, or if I always brushed it off as jokes, it's just normal. It's just, just normal. Yeah, it it's just normal. Now that I get older and it's like I know what it is to be a bigot. And it's like damn. Yeah. Yeah. That was something I normalized. With Scott confused with all this crazy information Granny dumped on him, Granny continues by saying the only real son of Darkseid can kill him, implying that it's Scott and not Orion. Before she can continue, Barda comes to and murders her where she stands. <laughs> she beats her she with that rod, yeah, she that cosmic rod that she had. She beats the shit out of her. She just beats the holy Dude, her, out of her. her. Half of her head was claved in, and you see like her eye near her chin. like. Uh, and the two boom tube to New Genesis. Another question. Are childhood hardships needed for personal growth? Yes and no. I mean... If, not torture, right? No, well, not torture. <laughs> like, like, all right, let's say you did go through childhood hardsh- hardships. Right. And you see it as a, as a learning tool for the rest of your life. Right. Then you were strong enough to handle it, and yeah, it was good for you. But that you can't predict that every kid is going to be able to handle that kind of trauma and grow from it. Some kids grow up and shoot up schools, God forbid. Others yeah. grow up and they cure polio. You know, it's right. Humans are capable of anything, but they're capable. What do you fall? Where do you fall on this, uh, Yogi? As a father, it's uh, it's certainly not necessary. You right. know, you shouldn't. They don't need trauma in their life to develop. You know, they're not TV characters. They don't right. need that type of character development. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but. Um, I think, like Dan was saying, if if it if it does happen, and you can uh, you can take I, I, what's the word I'm looking for you 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 can come out of the other side, uh, taking it as a learning experience and like moving forward in life in a better way, then that's great and that's probably the best way you should do it. Yeah. And deal with it if you if it if it's possible. You if, know, the, everyone... if the situations are thrust on, yeah, you, it's a weird word to use the you, word then... needed. You yeah. know, like, it's not needed, yeah, like, it's not necessary. But if you why, went through it, the reason it, why yeah. I bring it up is the wording is almost similar. Later on, when Darkseid's pummeling Scott, it's what he's telling him. He's like the the upbringing and, that you hate, the upbringing that I gave you, is what was needed for you to become who you are now. And I guess I, I guess you actually hear things like that from people that get abused. Yes. Like you know, it's yeah. the Tony Scott that, syndrome, and not to, it's the, the Tony Stark syndrome, basically. The abusers are like, you know, well, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have anything you have now. And it's like, exactly. I might have been better off. You know, it's a very <laughs> twisted way to look at the the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know what? Without that, Barda wouldn't meet Scott. Scott wouldn't have his life. So. Everything but, does happen uh, for a reason. Uh, Everything happens for a reason. Get, it he, gets very, it gets very. You think tricky. he would have met Barda anywhere else? It gets very tricky though when you start to, you know, you start to say like, well, you know, if this never happened, then this would have never happened. You know, maybe he would have met you know, Barda. He and Barda, but... he and Barda eventually, they actually kind of needed each other to move on from their shared trauma. In another world where, um, well, they aren't. These new gods aren't really affected by the multiverse theory. They live outside the multiverse, but yeah. it's say that they were. <laughs> um, in another world where Scott didn't have that trauma, 
he and Bardo wouldn't have needed each other, and they would have found others. Yeah. So, you it know, would, it would, yeah, it, they, it would just yeah, they really are the different. crutch and the person. Like it's just the person with the walking crutches. Like you know, they needed each other, and I'm glad. Yeah. What? Like I said, watching them is magic. Um, Orion and his troops, including Scott and Bardo, return to Apocalypse. All of this is done without any dialogue because this is, I think, when they tell that Merry Christmas story, actually. Or one of those. They're telling a story while this is going on. And so they, the, Orion demands that they dig back up Granny's body and they do so and he cuts off her head. And so back on Earth, Scott keeps having nightmares. He gets up and self-medicates. Um, I'm guessing that's antidepressants given to him or painkillers maybe. That was the... so antidepressants. It's, it's antidepressants? not like, come on. Like, just <laughs> he was popping him, him in a bathroom <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning with that like blue hue to yeah. signify that the light is off. So he's in the bathroom in the darkness basically taking oh antidepressants. God. Like, oh, no, no, Scott, stop it, man. Wow. Just smoke a joint uh, and you'll be fine. He can't because he sees Forager. Forager's hanging out and Forager's there. He's saying that... Um, he's there without Orion's permission. Okay, the way he talked with Forager was just so great. It's like, we're going to get tired of using this word, but mundane cannot be used yeah. enough for the conversations that are in this. Because Forager's talking about a lot of real shit, and Scott's and like, just, like uh, just talk to like, I got batteries, just, I gotta... Can you just handle this? But Forager comes by, and he says that over six million of his people have been killed in this senseless war. And he yeah, feels but no, like, this is messed up because his people got put on the front line. That's what he's saying. He feels like Orion is putting them on the front hey, line like hey. cannon fodder. The new gods have a history of being kind of racist against the bug people. What are they? Bugs? <laughs> yeah, they they kind of the look like bug people. people yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's not to be. That's nothing to be surprised at. It's really messed up. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? No. And then Scott's like, "Well, just tell your queen to speak on behalf of your people." And Ford just like, "She did, and they killed her." Oh, no. Yeah. Right? They, they killed. killed he cut her head off. Uh, cut her head off. And put off. her head next to Granny Goodness's. Yep. Um, My God. So then uh, Forge is like, you know what? Screw that. We're not We're not going to follow your brother anymore. We're going to follow you. I pledge mine and my people's allegiance to you, Scott Free, General Scott Free. And before he can continue, Light Ray shows up. And kills and him! Forger for his betrayal in front of Scott. And Scott nonchalantly goes back to On back. some Game of Thrones shit. Just like, listen, I'm going to bend my knee to you, not that other king. Like, oh yes. my God. What do you guys think of Orion's leadership up to this point? Is he is he unhinged or is Scott's he, mental ability of his, his unhinged? Is uh, he was certainly unhinged, but again, when you think of it in the context that this is all from Scott's point of view and possibly didn't even happen, I gotta say this is how he sees his brother, yeah, rather than how he actually would be. So, do you think that this is what Scott thinks would be an eventuality if he would ever to take the seat of High Father? Like yeah. there's just too much of dark yeah. side in him. And I think that the way Scott uh sees what's happening is exactly the way that he would see it happening so yeah. like you, you see i also did in in this to bring up the, the game of thrones analogy um scott is very much like john snow he he's never ever talking about his rightful claim to anything he's never really talking about where he's going to lead his people and how I mean, he's, he's basically gonna, a bastard he's of like, apocalypse i want to hang out in on earth like i want to chill in cali i don't want it and uh yeah so it's it's completely uh, opposite the way Orion sees his lineage and the way Scott sees his, and I guess that has to do with their upbringing as well. Um, I mean, if you were if you were born in hell but raised in heaven, you would have a stick up your ass too. Yeah, you would have a huge stick and up he, your ass. They, they, neither kid had any say, and it was neither neither kid's fault. They just it was part of the deal, <laughs> and so 
Um, while having lunch with Barda, Scott's conscious about what he's been told about Orion gets to him, and he says he should speak to his brother if it's all true. They stop for a selfie, and later Scott uh, goes to talk to Orion. He tells Orion that he believes the anti-life equation exists inside both of them, blaming it for his suicide attempt and possibly Orion's recent bloodlust. Out of nowhere, Orion beats the holy hell out of Scott, repeating the same phrase, Have you ever seen the face of God? Orion knocks Scott unconscious. You were never a god. You weren't even a man. <laughs> Later, Scott is recovering from his wounds on Earth when Light Ray shows up with a decree. Scott is being considered an agent of Darkseid, and he can choose between execution and trial. Scott chooses trial, and then chooses his apartment as the location, which I thought was pretty funny. Bring in the <laughs> first like, of the veggie platters, man. Yeah, he's like, can we just do it here? He's so over all of this. He's in his t-shirt. Bart is like, why is Light Ray fucking doing here? She's very upset with Light Ray. <laughs> Yo, all she kept saying through the whole comic was, shut the fuck up, Light Ray. Yeah, she just, was not just, a just Shut up, Light Ray. She knocked his ass out, didn't she? Yeah, in no, this yo, instance, she, I think. No, yeah, in here, when he went to do the trial. Right yeah, now, she, yeah, she went yeah. to attack him. Yeah, that's what it says. It says, uh, annoyed, Barta beats the hell out of Light Ray and he leaves. Time passes and Orion shows up with Light Ray for the trial. Barta and Scott are all suited up and they serve... Ahead, I think brother. before we talk about the trial, there was a great issue there where they're just living Scott's last day on Earth. Oh no, that's <laughs> that's that's after the trial. Is it after? Yeah, because it's because of it's because of what's been decreed because of the trial that it's Scott's ah, last day on right. Earth. That's yeah. right. Um, I I think it's my favorite issue actually in in all of this because of how pure it is in a way. But um, yeah, we get we get them all suited up and they serve a veggie platter for their guests of honor. Orion asks several questions, and they seem to frustrate Scott. Um, I kind of like the concept of the questions. Like, I don't care what you believe. I need to know what you know. Yeah. It's like, that's good. Because he doesn't want to know. He wants nothing but absolute answers. Nothing can be broad. Nothing can be vague. And he's just his line of questioning just gets more and more hostile as he continues. Because No, you can see the way it's drawn. That he's, like, literally up in his it face. It really serves to the nine panels. Like, that, that, yeah. that method really serves to... Um, and this is a Tom King-specific style? No, this is actually no. uh, Alan Moore, no, right? It's, it's um, <laughs> okay because like Bolin and Alan Moore did use well, it. The last, well. the last King I books that I've been reading, you know, have but all been this just specific nine issue and nine panel been, issue. It's been used in the past, but Tom King seems to really like it. Yeah, he, he I guess it, it does allow for uh, more to happen. I guess rather than having a bunch of splash pages and then you finish reading a book in like five minutes. And it's weird yeah. because when when I'm reading like these nine panels, it's like in a sense, it's half of it is a breath of fresh air while the other half of it is like allowing things to just unravel in front of you. So you'll have like a whole page of no dialogue, just them doing something. And yeah, it's quiet. You don't got to read anything, but there's still so much happening. You have to pay attention. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's really at, beautiful At the work. very least, Mitch... Mitch Gerard doesn't have to uh, draw every single panel because a lot of them are just like copy and pasted. Yeah, over, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You're right, and he just has to write the art, draw the art over it. But I think, yeah. I think you realize the depth of this questioning when um, Orion basically gets Scott to admit uh, that he never really knew his true name, that he hates himself, he hates his life, he hates his father. He hates his career. He hates Orion. He hates New Genesis. And he hates God and himself. And he just kept saying, true, true, yeah. true, Orion true. then deduces that if Scott hates everything and the anti-life equation is hate, then Scott is the embodiment of that hate, the embodiment of dark side and the result of his entire childhood. And so with that line of questioning, he eventually just acts it straight up. Um, 
if he is the anti-life equation. And Scott just freaking flips out. He screams yeah. at the top of his lungs, punches Orion in the face, and just he just wilds the hell out. Bro, and Orion so just calmly sitting he eats, down. I think he eats another he, thing. He, from he the grabs a carrot. No, that was the first time he grabbed the carrot. Like, I think it was Scott that was eating the carrot, but he just... He just sits down with like the, a, an expression on his face, like "Whoa, this dude really just punched me in the face right now." Yep. Sits and down, so, and eats a carrot. Yeah, and he basically just he sits there and he says, um, "Orion finds him guilty because he can't contain Scott Free, so he finds him guilty and sentences him to an execution on New Genesis." Barda consoles Scott as the issue closes. And so what do you guys think about that trial and um, this idea that because Scott has dealt with hate and because he has hate in his heart, he is hate. That he can never be anything but what his upbringing was, what the trauma uh, was. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, I was um, I, like I said before, when reading it and thinking about it in the context of it all being in Scott's mind, I can see him telling that to himself. Yeah confronting himself about the things that he hates and that he hides from himself you know and he and that he wonders about himself if he truly feels yes. these ways it can, can he be nothing but what dark side ultimately wanted him to be which is this hate-fueled descendant of apocalypse that where torture has um, almost made him a diamond of, of hate <laughs> you know like squeeze the pressure the pressure has almost made him a diamond of of just evil and I think that that in facing that and looking that in the eye and in, in using logic to try to dictate whether or not he was or whether or not he wasn't, um, Scott flipped out. And Scott is uh, very upset. And I think it speaks more about, like I said, trauma as an identity, as the sole identifying factor of who you are. I don't think that Scott thinks that because he hates uh, New Genesis and all these things that he can't eventually ever change from that or ever be somebody else who can learn to embrace change and 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 have a family and a loving wife and and children as we find out in the future well i mean um, his his name was given to him because he kept trying to escape he doesn't have a real name. his father didn't have him long enough to give him a name and so in a way just like the escape artist moniker it's very on brand for him to to escape from the fate that Growing up in apocalypse has given him. Hell, Mister Miracle isn't even his own creation of a superhero. He stole that identity. Yeah, he kind of took that too. He, he stole does, the he identity. Act, he actually doesn't really have a thing, does he? Huh? No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a real name. He doesn't really have a, an alter ego identity. He he's just trying to move move from day to day life. Like everything is just a new mundane adventure in a sense. And yeah, that's why he killed himself. Can you imagine living your entire life on apocalypse? And then trying to move on on Earth, yeah, like if nothing ever happened. Yeah, and that's what you—that—that's the way everything was just was making it seem to him. Like nothing that happened before matters anymore because now you're free, now you're home. But it's like, yeah, but I close my eyes, and he said it to Bart. It's like I close my eyes and I just hear all their voices. There was one panel where he's literally trying to sleep. What was it? If I stop breathing, I can hear their voices. So stop. Oh, so don't stop. Yeah, what was that about? He was hearing all the. Breathing, he was hearing all the death I of the won't. people he was killing on Apocalypse. Is what my interpretation. Yeah, of and she's like, maybe, she's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, if I stop breathing, I won't hear them. And then Bart is like, don't stop breathing. Like, like, yeah, like, don't, don't, don't you not. I understand yeah. the math uh, that you've done and the logic and stuff, but that's not, that's not how things. Uh, like, and he puts his whole face. He has like the pillow crowded over like both sides of his face, so he can hear the voices stop. This man is literally losing his mind 
every issue little by little. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then we end up having what I think is one of the best uh, best stories. Oh, is this the break-in? No, this is the uh, the one day, the day that they have left. Because now they think that this is going to be um, uh, Scott's last day. And so, where did I put that thing? With Scott's execution impending, the couple spends his last day roaming around California. Scott tells Barter that if she were to ask him to stay and not face his brother or the execution, he would. She declines, saying that she can't make that choice for him. They stop at a carnival, uh, watch the sunset, drive to the top of a hill and watch the city lights and stars, and eventually go home where Barter breaks down. And honestly, I broke down seeing her break down. Like, she knew that this was their last night. Seemingly that he was going to have this execution and she just sits there and literally just starts to like sob and he just takes uh, off I, her clothes. <laughs> I just like how um, Scott genuinely believed that if he drove up to that hill to look at the stars meet with the lights of the city that he would find a meaning of life. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, he was so oh, he was so bummed by it. He was like, this I is it. there would be stars here. <laughs> He's like, this is it. <laughs> what about what about Scott um, going out of his way? It, one of the cutest boyfriends of the year or husbands of the year trying to go out of his way to win Big Barda a uh, toy and eventually when that doesn't work he just calls the uh, he calls the uh, the game owner's wife like as a cameo kind of thing and is like oh I hear your boyfriend just can't escape being in love with you and because he because he got the guy in good with his girlfriend the guy gives him the the, the toy he can't yeah, win. Mr. Merkel is, I guess, famous in the world, so he yeah. just did the dude a favor and called his wife and left her a message or something cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was great, though. I, I mean, um, I, I honestly didn't issue. see if she kept the doll or, like, did they just take a picture with that thing? Never saw it again. She didn't want it. She didn't want it at first, remember? She's always talking about how they don't oh, got no right. space. <laughs> she's, she's always complaining about how they ain't got no space. I really liked, though, that he was like, you know, if you if you just say it, if you just say stay, I won't. I won't go. You know what I'm saying? That's what you got to do. And I really like that. She was like, I can't make that choice for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like you want me to say that so that you can have the choice made for you. You ultimately going to have to make this choice on your own. And um, they make love. <laughs> and uh, when Orion's guards come to escort Scott to New Genesis for the execution, Barter brutally murders them the same way she brutally murdered yep. uh, Granny Goodness and politely asks Scott to stay. And that also <laughs> broke my heart in a good way. I was like, wow, you the queen Isn't it, girl. Isn't it just like a, the beautiful the development to just watch? Like, damn, she truly does love him. Yeah. If anything, if all else fails, he has the love of a beautiful big woman. And maybe that's like we're constantly trying to theorize about what his mind is, um, you know, uh, damn, there's a word for that. Materializing, I guess, in his head. Barda seems to be the one defending him from from a lot of the horrors that is New Genesis, from um, Granny Goodness uh, getting in Orion's face. Maybe that's why she's light, saying light, light all of that. Ray's face, and now this. Because um, every time he tries to compliment, compliment in a sense, but every time he tries to look back on Apocalypse and Granny Goodness, he tries to find some little like you know beacon of hope. Some and she's sort like, of nah. Line. Like she's like, this is trash. Like why do you keep why do you keep talking about them all good? It's like we have to. We got. This. Like have you ever been? Brought to the fire pits, you know, you take one breath and like your entire body feels like it's molten ash. Like, no, this is not a oh, good place. And she's like, come on, he's like, come on, it's the fire pits, though. She's like, it's the place. He's like, yeah, exactly, it's the fire pits. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? That, I, thought, I always thought that was funny. But uh, how oh, do you man. feel about uh, Barda, Dan? Oh man, listen, Barda is just 
Bardo reminds me of my girlfriend a lot. I think it was like almost every time it wasn't a superhero. It was just like when they were arguing over kitchen supplies or, or walls. Tell, tell me not, Yogi. That's not like every basic. No, that's, that's, that's a wife thing. That's a 100% wife thing. Like I, I think that the best part of Barda being inspired by the wives of Tom King. Well, this version of Barda here being inspired by the wives of Tom King and Mr. Ards and originally being inspired by uh, Jack Kirby. It's like. It makes her such a realistic wife. <laughs> like, no, yeah, man. And it really gives her, like, a more flushed-out character. It's like, wow, like, yeah, they can break into places, but they can also talk about how they need a new closet. I'm also a big fan of the way she... It's Because, you know, a lot of times when people tell stories, it's the husband that's the emotional support for the mentally, I guess, I don't... Uh, uh, shattered. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. You know, just like, a complete mentally scarred. Yeah, it's always that like that guy that has to be like the knight in shining armor in a sense. It's completely reversed here, where Scott is like the broken one, and Barda's big and strong, and she will pick up all the emotional slack of the relationship. I'm like, I really, um, I, I really like that. And I guess one more thing we should say is like, if anybody's out there listening to this and you haven't read the story, we should really, uh highlight the fact that while we go over these story points and they do sound all crazy most of the time uh scott and barter are having the most casual <laughs> husband it. and wife no conversation. They, it, that's beautiful it. about <laughs> it like like i it's like I, I think that we uh you know if we take all your stuff out and we put it in storage like but yeah but it's my stuff yeah but you should throw out your stuff and it's just like every we nine have panel no place just... to put stuff well if we get a place all... then we'll have place to put stuff <laughs> like, but i like the condo stuff. all this is being said while people are getting their heads smashed in and Murder. things are exploding and, and they're all on that. chases like this is that's some of the that's some of what makes this book so great that's the thing, and, and the thing is, like, in the beginning, there's a lot of, because Flunk, Funky Flashman is basically a Stanley parody, there's a lot of, like, hey, true believers, this is the adventure of Scott Free, and will he get out of this next... Uh, I was just gonna say, it's like, yo, every time it starts and ends, it, it feels like a Dragon Ball E, uh, e episode, <laughs> like, like uh, how, how, what's gonna happen on next issue? Stay tuned for Mr. Miracle! The reason I bring that up is because in the next issue... They're disposing of the bodies, of the dead bodies that Barda just killed. They're setting them on fire. And in the meantime, the flanky, flanky, uh, funky Flashman is like, and what's going to happen next on these adventures? And so they storm New Genesis, uh, having a conversation about getting a bigger home while battling wave after wave of High Father's Guards like we were just talking about. Uh, finally, that was so great. It, and it really culminates in this moment where, where Barda and Mr. She's pregnant. And we're like, what? Oh wow! Like this is a, yeah. like, this is a wow. little bit of joy in all of this heartache and you and can see and feel like every, you see with I it's so crazy because it's drawn, it's illustrated with pencils and crayons yeah. and all that. But you see every emotion Scott's feeling from worried to happy to scared to just over like you just Man, feel that every, panel of him screaming at Orion when he asked him that question. I, I can't get out of my mind. He was livid yo he was livid all explanation to... marks with a's and i's like raw he's like... literally just yelling ah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's just going crazy he's just unhinged um she says that she's pregnant and she wishes scott luck on his pending battle with orion when scott enters if you're, the... if you're wondering why george just kind of came up with that out of nowhere you know she said she's pregnant that's pretty much how it happened in the book that they yeah. were uh they were breaking into to uh, uh the high father orion's bub throne room and they i guess she got she actually got hit in the stomach first right yeah wasn't it wasn't light ray was it light ray 
I don't because they vaporized somebody. They vaporized somebody. Yeah, I think it might have been like. <laughs> well, she does get knocked down, and then she just gets up and she's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant." So yeah. it's like it did. It's it's out of nowhere. Just the way George came out of nowhere with it. And I guess <laughs> I would have assumed normally that it would have been from their night of lovemaking, but that can't be because that was literally the no, night before. They make like a no. week before. Time. Yeah, they, just, they yeah they definitely have sex all the time because she yeah. if, <laughs> if she was pregnant before they killed Grady Goodness I think that blast to the stomach would have given her a free miscarriage so yeah, yeah and do you think that uh what was that a high winds or not or uh, uh double Dutch <laughs> t- twirl they had uh, Scott tied up into some interesting knots when they were making love they had oh, yeah, some yikes. precarious super escape artists there, you know super escape artists um. When Scott enters the throne room, though, Orion has been killed. Like, how do you just... Do, how do you leave me on that? And then the way it, like... And then Scott sits in uh, the Yeah, he sits throne, on the throne. And I guess just, making Scott effectively high Yeah, but his eyes was... The way his face was, he looked like if he was being controlled. Yeah. Like his mouth, his jaw was dropped, his eyes were wide. Side. Yeah. Did they, saw... did they show... They show dark side, though. No, yeah. yeah like, in, like, a, this, uh, like, transparent but in I the background. But I think it's still... The way they portray it there and the way that they show it is the continuous, unreliable narration where you can't tell if he's actually there or Scott Scott, I hate unreliable so narrators. Of, like, once, once I accepted the fact that none of this happened, it made it easier to accept all the things that did happen. Okay. <laughs> I, get, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah, because now anything can happen. So it doesn't matter if it makes sense yep. because none of it happened because everything can happen. I mean, they really got through... Uh, High Father, like New Genesis, like nothing. They yeah. really got through New Genesis, like and nothing. And it's not like New Genesis didn't try to kill them because they they there were, was a one room yeah. that was gonna crush them to death. The sharks, they had sharks. Were freaking laser beams on their head? Oh, that all that was going down. Um, uh, there was one. What was it? One of them that they they went through the negative zone. They were literally in. Uh, this is the, the. There is no escape in the. Unavo- zone. Yeah, the, yeah, the unavoidable zone or something shit like that. They were just forever just crawling yeah, all through. All they heard was like warning from every, play, every t- room. Every place there was like warning, you're warning, not allowed to be in here, just, you will die. They were on tight ropes. Well, that was something that was juxtaposed in the book, wasn't it? Like the, yeah. something about warnings and yeah, they actually mean. And how they're just not paying attention to the warnings, the obvious warnings. Yeah, they, no, they know that the warnings are coming. They know what they got to do and they just don't care. They got to get don't. this conversation about all that stuff in their closet out of their closet. Really this like is great, great one page. Um, it looks like it's nine panels, but really it's just one image of them sneaking all yes. the way all over yes. the park. I know like exactly sneaking. what you're talking about. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like the one where they were like tight on a tightrope and they were trying to go Yeah, they're, when they're all in black and white. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, but, and then but, you but, just, but it, the way that just ends, where I'm just like, wait, is he? Did he kill Orion? Like, so who knows? There, and so then you're there with that last image in your head, and so you would think that that next issue would open up with that, but it doesn't because it opens up. Now with he's Scott just High Father. It opens up with Scott and, Bar- and and uh, Scott and Barda in the hospital. This is my favorite issue of this whole. <laughs> this, later, this, this is, yeah. nine months later, we just skipped over. Yeah, like like issue seven. I think it, was it like jumps issue around seven? a lot in time without ever telling us how much time has passed. Um, well, I mean, yeah, because you, you go from issue eight and it's J- and J- and Jacob's born. Then by issue nine, it's already a year birthday. They're already yeah. celebrating his birthday. Yeah. So, yeah, there is no time in here. Like, no, yeah. time doesn't matter in, no in this story. Flow, at least. But this right here, we're about to talk about issues. That's got to be issue seven. This is personally my favorite issue because I, I felt like I wasn't reading. 
a comic book about superheroes. I felt like I was just reading a graphic novel romance. Like, yeah, it was a real pregnancy thing. Like, yeah. it was beautiful. Months later, Barda uh, prepares to give birth to the first new god born on Earth. I like that that line. That yeah, they kept the, they the kept ballet. saying it. Yeah, because they gave it to the valet. Because they're like, uh, "Don't you understand what's gonna happen here?" It's like, sir, I don't want to leave my wife alone. We're, we're about to give birth to the first child, god child born on Earth. And he's like, "Yeah, oh, uh, the yeah. parking's on um, Olympus. Olympus. <laughs> yeah, did you did you guys know the parking's over there? It's like, are you the, the, it's like, are you the valet? Bringing the Furies to the to the birth was just like the fuck it, the best fucking thing. And that was hilarious. hilarious. Incredibly awkward. And there's one that keeps rhyming all the time. Yeah, that um, Harley Quinn Joker type crap. They show up, the Furies show up and they give their support and Scott and Barda have a slight scare with the baby when um with the ability That actually scared me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front. That oh, kind of yeah, scared was, me too. I was scared. Yeah. Um they also haggle a little bit with the baby names because they don't think that any of their Family members' names are worthy of, of, of the child. They try to get caught, caught at what? Like something breaker? Oh, was, Iron breaker? Yeah, it was like a bunch of, yeah. yeah bunch Iron of breaker and storm breaker and all this other kind of stuff. What I love about that whole uh, the heart monitor turning off yeah. was um when it goes back, when it goes back on, you see the tear in Barda's eye. Yeah, she, she wipes the tear away. away. She yeah. wipes the tear away. But the whole I time. I didn't notice until you told me and I went back and looked at it. And that's exactly but the whole time was is like she's saying it's going to be fine. It's gonna be fine. She's, she's holding her stomach. She's trying to calm Scott down because Scott's you can a, you yes. can use it in your head. Like yeah, it's drawn, but you can use it in your head. He's panicking. Yeah, because he he has explanation marks in his thought bubbles, and he's like, listen, the the heart monitor turns off. I don't know what to do. Can someone just come and turn this on? And she's the the, the nurse keep kept, kept calling her mom was just so endearing. That that's real nurse yeah. type bedside mannerisms. Yes. Nurses really do say Hey mom. new mom, how's yeah, how's our do. new mom doing? Like yeah. the nurses really talk like that. So when she comes in and she's like, Hey mom, how's it all going? You know, it's funny, I just saw Knocked Up the other day and there's a scene in Knocked Up where the baby's same thing, a biblical cord is around the baby's neck and the the, the vitals drop. And the doctor comes in calmly and yeah. talks, and in my head I'm like do something, do something. Yeah, but he ha- he, he ha- <laughs> because I'm the patient, right? So I don't uh, yeah, know what's going on. A doctor on. So can't like, come in flipping out like that, of course. Why are you, talking? Like that, Why are you course. talking? Do something, do anything. And that's Was how I'm this, this the too. first time you've seen Knocked Up? No, 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 no. I had just forgotten. Uh, I hadn't seen I it in a while. No, 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 no. I hadn't seen it in a while. You want to talk about graphic births? <laughs> I hadn't seen oh it. Oh my god! Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I went on like a Seth Rogen like binge of like that Pineapple Express, all those older Seth Rogen movies because I really liked that whole like Jonah Hill. Um, that whole uh, band, the characters there, and it was actually my are girl's gonna, first time watching Knocked Up. That was are you what, looking? That was my. Are you looking to watch his latest movie? Uh, Long Shot. No, with the kids. Uh, 90, ninety. Oh, um, um, I know what you're. Ta- I know oh, what you're talking oh, about. Oh, it's like super. Boys yeah, the good boys. It's like super bad yeah, boy kids. Yeah. So you know, I want to see it, but I'm starting to feel a little bit like a prude because I'm starting to think like. Is this like are they of age to be talking about sex dolls and all that? But that's, then again, oh, that's, that, that, that's, yeah. that's what makes it so good for me because I'm like they absolutely should not be doing this, and that's the best part. <laughs> well, I mean, think of how we were at their age. As soon as the parents weren't around, you know, same thing as Superbad. We shouldn't have been doing all that kind of stuff, talking all that kind of crazy. And been that, no, Superbad is pretty problematic when you look at what their their end game was. There, they were trying to get girls drunk to have sex with them. That's no, that's, that's kind of messed up. One of them did get drunk. You know, it's a whole other thing. But anyway. This uh, is my favorite issue because of just how mundane it was, how they were just in the hospital trying to go through baby names every five seconds they were trying to go through. But yeah, that moment where the heart monitor stops and she's just trying to keep everybody, she's trying to keep both of her and Scott calm. And yeah. then once the baby monitor goes back, 
she wipes the tear from her eyes, rolls over and hugs her belly. It's, it's like what Yogi was saying. It's like normally the guy is that crutch of emotions for the girl. But here, even in her most like vital moments of, okay, I'm allowed to freak out now. She still managed to keep That's her cool. Barta, man. She's the, she's Big the Barta rock. is, yeah, she is the rock she's in the this rock man's in this situation. life. Um, one of the Furies gives Scott a dagger that was made from like Dark Side himself. It was made from Dark Side skin. Dagger, something like that. Uh, Farrakhan dagger, Farrakhan some, dagger. Yeah, like. And uh, they use that to save the baby. When, oh, I uh, hope this doesn't contrast anything later. When the umbilical cord goes around his name, uh, around his neck, and we find out that the baby is being named Jacob, which is something that hits home to Scott because he never knew his own birth name. Which is that's I think well, it was given away before he got the name. Yeah, they had this uh, this little touching conversation about how um, when Barter was a younger Fury and Scott was still on Dark uh, on Apocalypse, escaping all the time. Uh, they used to have a legend of uh, Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder, yeah. And they used to look. Yeah, up that's top why they the named top, it. it was, yeah, uh, so far away that it felt like Granny Goodness couldn't reach it, and she used to see Scott climbing it, and like she admired his. Uh, she thought it was handsome. She admired. Yeah. She admired him. She thought he was cute, probably like his butt. And that's a but, beautiful. Um, uh, that's a beautiful Sunday of of uh, of reasoning. No, and that's and the why cherry that's on top beautiful. of that Sunday for that baby to be named Jacob, as I told you, Dan, off air. Jacob is the actual birth name of Jack King Kirby. So that is that is that beautiful. is the cherry on top of it all. And I mean, come on, like you can't beat that, right? Like such a touching moment uh, there in the comic. And then to be able to <laughs> see, I didn't know that, that Jack Kirby's, Jack Kirby's birth name was Jacob, Jacob. But, which makes sense. Jack, Jacob kind of makes sense. But I only knew that because um, I was doing like a wiki read recently and then um it made it more obvious for me when they started doing the uh, the Stanley Jack Kirby relationship thing. Oh, like oh Funky Flashman yeah. and Jacob. Jacob the, yeah, 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 yeah. And Jacob like, just okay, does it, and I, he doesn't complain. He doesn't talk, so he just does all the work. And Flashman can't stop talking, can't stop selling, can't stop you know exaggerating. And so it was very much their relationship there. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the next issues get a kind of get kind of dour because we're shown extreme juxtaposition as we see Scott free the general and Scott free the dad. We see that things are definitely taking a toll on Scott because now he commands an entire army and is being challenged on a daily basis. In a scene on the battlefield, we see Light Ray murder a baby parademon. And we also see the absolute carnage that is the casualties of this war as Scott dumps another soldier on the piles of millions dead. Yeah, and I love that how, how he didn't even know that parademon babies existed. No, but I didn't know that either. Like, <laughs> that's what he says. He said, aren't they clones? But then again, They're this is like all could be... made from people that Darkseid kidnapped. And gives yeah. That, yeah. Um, but then again, is this is all in Scott's head. Baby? No, no, let's not then think about that. Kidnapped, kidnapped baby. baby. That's... It could be. Oh, this... Tom, don't be. do this to me, King. <laughs> don't do this. Oh, it's dead, man. He's dead now. <laughs> oh, my God. It's done. Damn yeah, light ray. Yeah, that, and, yeah, it showed. I mean, and that happens in actual war, you know? Yeah, like, Us, you ever see them, the movie The Hurt Locker? All that stuff, yeah. Like, that scene where they're, the, where the kid was, like, in the middle of the street with, like, an AK or whatever, and they yeah. didn't know what to do with the kid. They didn't want to shoot him, but he was still a kid with an AK and you gotta make a shooting choice. at friendly. It's either, you're, it's either that kid's going back home to his family or you're going back to home to yours. And you make very serious decisions based on that. And then when you come back to your mundane life in California, it's very hard to then rationalize those decisions as well. Because now it's no longer life or death decisions. It's literally Coke or Pepsi decisions. Yeah. <laughs> on the scale of life, they don't seem as severe. And then you go back to the, reg the other life where, again, 
your choices dictate who lives and who dies. And that's a big freaking deal. Uh, and we see that with that. Tom King with his uh, CIA life leaking into his stories. Exactly. Know? Yeah, definitely. I don't know why, but I just find this to be funny that, that Scott Free drives a fucking, uh, he drives a European car. If you look at the panel, especially when he was... Did, in, does he? I actually never noticed that. Go, go, oh, wow, you're right. Go, yeah, go back to the panels when he was when he was with the valet Parker at the hospital, and he's sitting on the right side of the car, yeah, and Bart right. is always on the left side. You're right, yep. So yep. that's why, yep. I, before I found out that he was in California, it got me to believe, like, wait, are the, does this take place in, like, Europe? Is Scott living in, like, London or something? Because he's on the right side of the car. That's yeah. kind of weird. Oh, he himself a European car. Man, My I, man, I would always like how they showed um, uh, the lights, how the lights reflect on the car while they drive. Like those little, yeah. uh, what would you call that? Like solar flares, I guess? Or light flares? Or Were whatever. they using Kirby Crackle? Yes, yes, the old Kirby Crackle. I really Kirby really, Crackle. That's what it's called. That's legitimately what it's called. He he basically invented that. He invented drawing <laughs> sun flares and I mean No, the the style that they're drawn in where the light is represented by like circles and circular wrong. shapes. Yeah, yeah those like the, yeah, those yeah. the JJ Abram lens flares. JJ <laughs> Abrams. Well, I mean in real life it, nothing really looks like Kirby Crackle. <laughs> I mean, look at some I mean, of those drawings. I mean, that's why that's why it still stands the test of time. And I think yeah. I think it be- it was beautifully used um, whenever they were driving around. I thought it was really, really cool. Um, in a week-long negotiation with Darkseid son Kalabak. Okay, is, this is my, my second. Is, <laughs> this got to be my f- second favorite issue. This was just great. It is discovered. Matter of fact, I'm not, uh, I didn't write this down, but I got to get to the part where they, they they're literally negotiating over weeks, and it gets. It gets hectic. They get tired. Yeah, every page and says day one, day seven, day w- twelve. At one point, Calabac just grabs someone and throws Yo. him against the wall, and his head like shatters. Against tell the him wall. about your contention, your contingency plan, or something like that. And then Scott's like, "You must not know. I was raised on apocalypse. This shit happens every day." But he like he was like, <laughs> "Was that supposed to scare me? I'm not Orion." No, but what I love about this whole like like negotiation tactics, I felt that this was that this was King directly pulling his actual day-to-day life into comics. Just a bunch of men in suits, sitting around, trying to talk about negotiation tactics. It's like, like, and especially when they're like, listen, when you go over this kind of plan, automatically there's a clause that follows this kind of plan. Like, you can't talk about this plan without talking about this plan. And how easy it is to just remove troops and, 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 and... Uh, deploy them in different areas like that. That's all strategic. That's all logistics, and they're all trying to handle it here. While there's a baby at home with a weird man that's trying to draw pictures with them. So don't don't um, do that to Funky Flashman. Funky Flashman is always funky fresh. It is discovered funky that Funky Flashman <laughs> is a very reliable living nanny. He okay. is apparently. So even when you don't think that he's gonna show up, he's already at your door. For a while, I was wondering whether or not he was a figment of imagination at all, but they started to talk to him. And when you consider that this whole thing might be a figment of the imagination... No, I think that's sense. his actual actual <laughs> yeah. manager when he's doing his Mr. Miracle escape artist stuff. Like, yeah, he it. goes deep in the comics. He's re- like he's legit. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they, they talked to Calabac and it's discovered that Darkseid would only surrender under one condition, and it's a big one. If Scott relinquishes his child Jacob to Darkseid to raise on his own, or as his own, the war will finally end and he will relinquish the anti-life equation. Both parents seem shocked and Scott Booster and uh, Blue Beetle go to a bar and discuss the trade. And you can see how much it's weighing on him when he collapses into a fetal position in the shower. Well, I, I have to bring it because you didn't have it written down. I that was great. Yeah. During that negotiation. No, I'm saying I just. 
Huh? Oh, no, I, ahead, no, because you were like breaking up, so it's like every few words I'm hearing you. You go ahead, Dan. I, I, I didn't really realize. The, the mirror. You that, go ahead. That, that mirror of like who you really, what was it? The mirror of goodness? Oh, the granny goodness mirror, yeah. Yeah, all right. That, that actually made me like actually cry. Like when I'm not gonna himself in the mirror when they saw Barda. each other in the mirror and Barda just comes up and puts a uh, hand around him and holds him and a tear just escapes his eye. Yeah, I really did cry there. They look diseased and that's who they really and, look. That's and, that's supposed and, to be who they what they really look like or how they really feel. Like what's that was a yeah Granny goodness that was her mirror and apparently it was supposed to show you who you truly were underneath or something like that. Which that was some what you see yourself as. That's what you see yourself as underneath. Oh, yeah, so that yeah. mon- whatever monster you see in the mirror is who you truly see yourself as. So yeah, he walks into the mirror. He like gets butt naked. He closes his eyes. He opens his eyes, and then he's like, his skin They're looks scarred. like a Yeah, he, he looks. He's all red. Scarred, he yeah. looks like if he's like torn inside out in a sense, like that yeah. Rick and Morty episode with with, with uh, Summer. He like yeah. looks like he's inside. <laughs> yeah, he really looked like he was inside out. So when Barda just comes up, there was no. It was nine panels of not one word said. She just. He's just in the mirror, eyes closed. She walks up. Holds him, he cries. I cried. I yeah. literally cried, and I needed to take a break from reading. Like I'm like, what am I really reading yeah, here right it, now? I... It takes you on a journey, and it makes you feel feel. It makes you feel feelings that you didn't know you had. Like in this moment here, I realized the pure weight of what's going on in this war. We've seen the body count. We've seen the people die and get shot. We've seen um, Forager complain about literally, you know, almost extinction of his people. Like there are lies on the line here, and. You get you get asked to weigh those lives against the life of one baby, but then again, I know how much this baby means to Scott and Barda. It's his little so guy. Like, what? What? Every time he called, every time he called his son, every he was just like, "He's my little guy." I'm like, God damn it! Watching him collapse in the fetal position Scott. as Barda talks to him about the birthday is, is yeah, no, that's heartbreaking. Scott actually, and and in and uh, yet another very very relatable moment in a story that about people that we shouldn't be able to relate to. Scott gets the answer he's looking for from a random... Party damn city. Party City clerk, party man. Party City guy. Bro, he's like, do, 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 do you want the, the rewards card? Because it's know, basically free money. But you know what was heartbreaking be- right before the Party City thing? Because before you go to the Party City, he gets the cake, right? And yeah. this is the depressing part because he goes to get the cake for Jacob's party but realizes that his meeting with Darkseid is before Jacob's party. So he wants so to have it before, he, yeah, yeah. So if he does the deal, there will be no Jacob's party. He would have given Darkseid, I mean, Jacob up right there to Darkseid on Saturday and Jacob would not be able to celebrate his birthday on Sunday. And so they moved the party over to Friday. And that in itself, watching him come to that realization in front of the cake lady broke my heart because it's like, Oh, we might not even have him after Saturday. So we probably want to do this on Friday. Hell, even and the cover like, of that issue my... broke my heart because it's like the cover of the issue was Mr. Miracle in full-on costume crying over a Batman cake with, with, uh, with the happy birthday. Oh, by the way, that's the uh, cover art for this, this podcast. You are, why, do we, why do we just like – we're synonymous with this. The cover art is, like, is him crying with the Batman mask on his head. Yeah, we, we just are simpatico or... with this cover art shit. Like you know what to choose, oh. man. Of all the of all the possible choices, <laughs> I want people. To, I want, if people had never seen read this book, I want them to look at that picture and go, "What is going on yeah. there?" Either, it was either that or the suicide one, I guess. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, he it, they do the stuff with the cake, and then he goes and tries to talk to Barda about it, but she won't even talk about it. Refuses, and then breaks a poster and walks away. That that was just 
incarnate to a real relationship. That's like, she just comes, she seemed all happy. She's like, all right, I don't know why he's not going down. I put him down like four times, but if he goes for a nap now, he's going to be up all night. And he just says, bar to the war. And she goes, nope. no. And she stands <laughs> up and punches the poster. And I'm like, well, she said what she has to say. <laughs> Which is that internalizing or exploding, imploding thing that we were talking about. Implosive reactions versus explosive reactions. And she can never stop, seem to keep her, what she wants to say straight. Uh, and they do have a lot of quiet moments. I, I love it. Um, especially this one. Those quiet moments all, are so awkward to me. It's like, damn, I've been there. I know what you're feeling right now. You just want to just look at the person you love, tell them you love honest. them, and give them a yeah. hug. But at the same time, it's like right now we need to talk about some real shit. How do you guys like blue and gold and red and yellow and uh, green? The team of blue and gold <laughs> and red and yellow. Yeah, I was going to say something about that earlier. I just love the idea that uh, superheroes go out and get drunk together yeah. off hours. I love <laughs> Blue <laughs> Beetle and Booster Gold, man. I just and, love um, those two. It was great to see the – it was great to see Booster and, uh, Booster and uh, Blue, blue Beetle, Beetle together too because uh, I – off the top of my head, I want to say they have shared some type of screen time together because I know, I know, I have read these three together somewhere, and right now I cannot. They would. They seem like they where. would be awesome. I don't together, have the means to look it up. So I just want to see them get drunk and then do superhero stuff. But I'm certain this was. And what I'm, I like I'm is that bubble seen them before, but around their mouth when you see that Scott's drunk in bed oh, the, yeah, and he has like those the, little like they, cartoony. Those are like the 1950s Looney Tunes I'm um, drunk bubbles. Yep, that's basically what it's like. We need you to know that Scott is like plastered right now. How are we going to make you show it? We're just going to give you those little cartoon bubbles. bubbles. Yeah. And um, they waved up all the art too. So it was like all wavy, yeah, wiggly, bubbly, and stuff. weird. I like that. It was uh, great. They I were using great. the. I like that they were using the boom tube as an Uber. They're like it's gonna be here yeah. in like four minutes, and they're sitting on it's the like, floor. It's like, hey, isn't it instantaneous? <laughs> yeah, but you know, war man messes everything up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, wait a little bit. Okay, I actually just, I actually, I actually just dawned on me that the reason we were looking at drunk art is because we're looking at things through Scott's eyes. Yes. So I'm yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't get that before. <laughs> well, no, no, because I'm, I'm so like, I guess like in a sense, I'm like uh, conditioned now. That anytime I see like transparent bubbles coming out of somebody's mouth, yeah, that's synonymous with drunk bubbles. But it was also the way the way that they were having the conversation. The panels were drawn. It looked like they were underwater, like they were floating in water in a sense. But they weren't. They were just sitting outside. So that's how we all feel when we're drunk. How many times have you been drunk where you feel like, oh my god, I'm floating right now, like I can't even sit still? I usually get. I usually can't remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. don't use the boom tube for uber you might end up somewhere you don't want to be you know um this is when i think things kind of get a little hectic not knowing what choice he should make scott confides in a party store clerk uh showing how truly divided he is the clerk says that if the ends justify the means go for it yeah he said well like what's just because you're going to be inconvenienced by this one thing but you're still going to save millions of lives and also your your um immediate happiness doesn't overshadow what could be lifelong happiness if True. you need to sacrifice. Which is a big thing and to say. And then there's also, did you, you, are you sure you didn't want that rewards card? <laughs> it's like <laughs> free money. money. So I was like, listen, money. man, listen, I, like, I don't know how much your minimum wage is, but I don't think your, your wage gives you enough to be Dr. Phil over here. I like, just love that they wrote in the, the very mundane, you know, 
all right, just stick your card in here and go, like every literally the steps that the clerks tell you when you you're about to pay. Like, Have you ever been in that point in your life where you need like, to just confide in a clerk? <laughs> I've been there a few. times. I can't lie. I've been there a few times. Where it's like there, I don't yeah. know what to do. Well, can I, help life me? or death for Apocalypse and my son. I might have to go to the clerk and and find out what's going on there. Um, at the park later, this is breaks my heart. Scott and Barda. Oh my God! Yes. Get into an argument as Scott tries to convince Barda that they turned out okay, considering they were raised in Apocalypse themselves. He's trying to convince her to give up their only child. Man, like this shit gets dark in so many but ways. He also that- has the lives of everybody on his on his shoulders. Between New Genesis and Apocalypse, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like billions everybody. of lives. So it's like it's so hard. I, I wouldn't know what to do, honestly. I know Yogi as a as a father would not trade anything. <laughs> Any, you know, I'm assuming. Am, am I right, Yogi? Would you have made the trade? <laughs> I can't even. Uh, I can't even fathom. That's it's just so. I couldn't even imagine. Well, he's gonna wake <laughs> up tomorrow and the there's gonna be paint and drawing all over the walls. He's like, you know what? I think Darkseid could use a kid. <laughs> it depends. As a matter of fact, how much is Darkseid paying? Yeah, <laughs> is it part time? Is it a part time? Hey, Are we look, sharing him on he, weekends? He could What's be a good on? dad. You don't know. Kalabak turned out all right. <laughs> I mean, Kalabak is kind of a right. He kind of yeah, he's kind of a right. Um, Bardis says that they turned out okay. Oh, sorry. No, it was yeah, it was uh, Scott. Oh, no, that no, no, was... No. Barda argues that they were not affected by the horrors because they effectively became those horrors and are now numb to them. Something that Jacob never was that and never has to be. That's some that no, that's that's probably the realest shit ever spoken. Yeah. Whether it's a comic book, whether it could be in a movie, that is true. It's like yeah. we we didn't survive the horrors. Look at us. Look around at our life and what we're trying to build away from that. We are the damn heart. You looked in the mirror of goodness yourself. And he's supposed to be the one thing unstained by all of this. And we're about to stain him. Because we're saying it doesn't matter. We're saying that. It's basically like like two people moving away from a rundown neighborhood. But then allowing their kid to just move into a rundown neighborhood. It's like, no, he doesn't need to... To live the life that we lived. We moved away so he doesn't have to understand or even know what that life looks like. This was Nora and Kevin to me. <laughs> but oh my they, god, yes. they're getting into it, I'm, I'm, my heart is broken because I've been such a, a champion for this relationship. Right? Um, yeah, right? And so they, they're arguing and it hurts me because I don't want either one of them to hurt each other. And she storms off and I'm like, okay, that's it. And no, she throws she... Scott's suicide attempt in his face. Yeah, what she said to him was just so heartbreaking. What was it like? But she has a point because she's like... Um, do I get a chance to escape? You're trying to escape me? Like, what What? What were you trying that, to leave? That hurt because that's a real conversation that I've had before. It's like, yeah. you know, like you, you're trying to escape what? Who? Yeah. The only person in your life is me. Yeah. Is it me you're trying to escape? What about my escape? escape? What about my me? peace? You're trying to escape your difficult life. You're trying to basically quit it all. And I can't do that. I don't have the opportunity to do that. When am I going to be able to leave? When am I going to be able to escape? And I was like, damn, Barta. But you're you not know punching what? nothing, but you're really punching. You're punching. You know, no, but you know what it is, is out here. Emotional that, haymakers. That is that was the conversation that they needed to have. They needed to finally not only talk about Scott's suicide, but just Scott in a sense having this Stockholm syndrome for apocalypse. Yeah, it's like no man. Like I, I, I get it. I understand it. We've all been there. But you know, the older you get, the more you realize I need to want more. I need to want better for myself. And, and it's says- actually it's actually something that happens in real freaking life, man. Like I was raised in the hood. So I think <laughs> so almost I all of us were, yeah. Comfortable in the hood with the hood music, with the hood terminology, with some things that I probably should not be comfortable with. 
You shouldn't but, be a, happy to have roaches in your house, or you shouldn't be happy to have like piss stained elevators. But you're, you, when you get used to it, that's life. That's your home. And that's you all you know. Yeah. It. But you bring somebody else to it, and they go, "Why would you even ever have to subject subject get yourself to this?" And you're like, "What do you mean? This was upbringing. This was home." And it's it's it fucks with your head. It literally does because you don't understand why other people would look at your upbringing anywhere, any way else but normal because it's normal to you. You grew up that way. I think that's the message of this of this story is don't normalize your trauma. Grow yeah. from it. You know, separate yourself from it. But don't look back on, yeah, this is, the, everybody goes through hardships like this. No, people go through hardships, but not like apocalypse. And it shouldn't be You were day. raised on yeah. literal hell. Literal hell is where you were raised. Gyogi, was Barda in the wrong for that? No, I mean, she had a point. So, I mean, they, they, um, it's hard to say she was wrong when she's probably been holding on to that for, what, a year? Had it been, how, how, I guess it's be. been about be. more than a year, even. Right. She's never mentioned that, and now she's being asked, did they turn out okay? I mean, the introduction <laughs> of her character is literally crying in the waiting room, full costumed. Yeah. She's in her full-on costume, headgear and everything, crying in the waiting room. Yeah. She was allowed to and finally she said say she said something. I was by myself, like with the great Scott Free dying in the in the hospital bed. I, I was by myself, I'm, yeah. You know, and it's like, dang, you're right. And sometimes, you know, we've all gone through our ups and downs with like trauma, depression, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we don't really think about how our actions will affect others because we're at the point of full pain, like you know, what I'm saying? full sadness, full anger that you just lash out. Sometimes you lash out on yourself. Sometimes you lash out on others. You don't mean to hurt anyone, but you're in so much pain that you don't even know how to function. And that I feel like Scott was in that position, but again, it still wasn't fair to Barda. So I don't think she's 100 percent wrong either. No, I, I, I was once told that when you when you kill yourself, you don't end the pain. You just unknowingly pass it to somebody else. It. Yeah, it's true. So and everyone else lives with your decision. Like how and you don't ever have to live with it again. You are considered the greatest escape artist of all time. How are you going to leave your Barda with something that she can't escape now? Yeah. Now she's never going to be able to escape what she could have done to save you. Yeah. You never want to leave somebody with the, I could have saved you. Yeah. I could have saved you. Yeah, and she loves him. Barda, is, Barda him. is just pure love. That's what it is. Barda is just pure love. And I'm so glad that all of these artists and storytellers are through their real relationship wives into this character. Because it's like, damn, then you guys got some good wives, man. Yeah. Never take your wife for granted. <laughs> I want none of you. If you are all listening, don't take your wife for granted. I do think that he thought that because back at home, Jacob has his Batman themed birthday party. And while on the couch with his wife, Scott confesses that, screw it. I'm thinking about killing, tricking Darkseid and killing him. And I really like that they had that conversation. He's like, you know what? What if I just go it and was act so like I'm mundane. do it? It was so mundane. Yeah, what if I just He's like laying on her lap. <laughs> and then I just I'll don't go. do it. <laughs> oh, yo, exactly. She's like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to go too. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah. like. And he's like, and okay. And I think they make love. They do. They make love again. Yeah, they do. Because <laughs> that's what they do. Um, yeah, Barda agrees and jo- to join him, and they meet Darkseid and his minion, Desaad, in Apocalypse. In exchange for the child, Darkseid removes one of his eyes, effectively relinquishing his ability to use the Omega Beams and the Anti-Life Equation, but not before having some of the veggie tray. Okay, I was just about to say, can we not yeah, like close. skip over yeah. the fact that King and Gerards gave us nine panels of Darkseid eating carrots? Great. Just it's stoic. So stoic. He has the angry eyes. His yep. eyebrows just piercing down. And he just his picks up a carrot. His eyes are smoldering. Yo, and he just energy. picks up a carrot. Dunks it in some ranch. Know. 
didn't even know Darkseid liked vegetables. That's I didn't know Darkseid liked the ranch. I mean, I don't think we've, we, we, we've reached no, that yeah, that's, consensus that's, yet. That's, it could be the dip. <laughs> it could be the dip. Well, no, Maybe I'm, he's a fan of the dip. We don't know necessarily he's a carrot fan, you know? He's, he's definitely a fan of the well, ranch. Well, he yeah, tried it, twi- he tried it twice. Uh, he did pick up the carrot and try two different ones. If he didn't like the carrot, he could have grabbed one of the celeries or I a baby tap. And I think Orion tomatoes. grabbed the carrot, too. I think the carrots is, you know. They, they, like they, bring a, they brought it's a veggie platter to, I think, the, what was They only brought it twice, right? It was the trial and then to dark side. Yeah. Yeah, my God, um, those veggie platters. And yeah, so he removed his eyes, which uh, relinquishes the ability of the omega beams and the anti life equation. Um, Scott, I, was this not the same veggie platter? No, I, cause I think because I think it was one of the stores that he went to towards the like the ending of the issues. One of the ladies white was like, uh, "Oh, no veggie platter today," and he's like, "Oh, no, thank you." Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh, Mr. oh yeah," Miracle, which le- leads me yeah, to yeah, assume yeah. that he brought a veggie yeah. platter to those negotiations <laughs> right. on Apocalypse. Yes, he so, had to have. Uh, <laughs> Scott says what we assume to be his goodbyes to Jacob. Heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Like my little guy, my little guy. Like, um, but I went and when Barda. When Barda points the underside of the carriage at Darkseid, showing that it's concealing a powerful gun powered by energy taken from the Miracle Machine. She blasts Darkseid with it, exclaiming that nothing can survive the blast. Yeah, wasn't that supposed to be like one of their escape guns that they tried, but it kept like destroying like, everything? It was like... She said it was from a crisis. energy from a recent crisis. Yeah, said it was from a crisis, yeah. That's just... A Miracle Machine. Lord. Wasn't the Miracle Machine that dreaming machine? I uh, think so. Uh, no? no, I mean, I want to say, wasn't it? Uh, I want to say he used something like that during the dark multiverse crisis, but I don't think he did. I think he showed up and just kind of helped Batman with huh. the spire. Yeah, because I'm I don't trying really to think. remember what the miracle machine is. I'm looking it up now. The miracle machine is a fictitious device uh, in the DC's universe. The machine first appeared in uh, 1968. <laughs> it was created by the controllers. But like, well, Legion of Superheroes. Who was it? 30th century. <laughs> recently, recently. Uh, the Miracle Machine has been Final featured... Crisis? The, the Miracle Machine has been featured in stories only four times in the yeah, it pre-crisis showed up in Final era Crisis. of DC and twice in the post-crisis. Most recently at the end of Final Crisis. Yep. Yeah, nice. Yes. Isn't that the Miracle... Oh, isn't cool. that the, isn't that the dream thing? Or no? The one that Brainiac unlocks. I'm confused. No, no, no. This, this, this would have been Final Crisis, which was more uh, Dark Side finally getting the anti life equation and unleashing it on uh, the multiverse. And then there's the, the vampire monitor who was feeding it. It's a, it's really a lot to explain. Yep. And then Batman, <laughs> Batman shoots a man, and then he goes back in time. It's a whole thing. Batman does shoot Dark Side with a radon with some type of god god bullet gun. Bullet. Radon, radon. It's the greatest thing ever, and I never want to hear slander about Final Crisis because <laughs> you couldn't understand. It. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but 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 yeah. So she blasts him with this thing. She's like, nothing can stop it. Nothing can shield it. Nothing can. End nothing it, can stop whatever. me. I'm all the way up. Basically, and she's Don't like, uh, <laughs> but she said nothing can survive it. But Dark Side does because. Dark side is. <laughs> he knocks out Big Barda, and for their betrayal, it is declared that Dark Side's troops will be redeployed. All the prisoners are going to get executed, and he attempts to take Scott's eye to replace his own. <laughs> My God. Scott says, "Fuck you," literally, and I felt like I had to say that outwardly on this because of how defiant he was in this moment, holding his baby against the biggest threat, the, the Lord, Lord God 
of Apocalypse. He basically says, screw, screw you. And he gets the hell beaten out of him. Oh, he kept it, saying the F you to him. Yeah. Like, like, he, no, get, he, kept, he eventually, when he falls to the floor, pulls the Farkin knife out of the veggie tray. It was in the veggie tray the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> a whole new, a whole different, for, for, for like yep. whatever knife, because yep. this knife is made from the body of Orion. Yep. yep. Made from the remnants of Orion, fulfilling the prophecy that Orion would be the one to kill Darkseid. Well, I mean, it muddies the waters. But it worked. <laughs> it, it like, worked. Uh, Orion was used, but without Orion being uh, being used in that blade right. by Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Then he wouldn't die. So technically, his Mariah, the real yeah. son, yeah. Mister Miracle, did kill, did fulfill the prophecy. Because isn't he that? Isn't that actually? I've always felt like it was like a double team. Like when Goku showed up, the ghost of Goku to help uh, uh, Gohan do the. <laughs> oh, the damn Halo! That <laughs> yeah, damn Halo! That's what. That's what. Yeah, that's what. But all right, but yep, I guess profo- prophecy fulfilled. And I am. Go ahead, brother. I guess at this point, I guess at this point, when he killed Darkseid, is when I was like, okay. Now yeah, I know yeah this what is, is going bullshit. on? Yeah, what is going on here? Because <laughs> you are literally wrinkling all the continuity, decades long of continuity going on here. You've killed High Father, you've killed Dark Side, you've killed Orion. Now at this point, actually, um, yeah. I think was it before or after he killed Dark Side that he was told of another world where he could have been right after. after. Yeah, right after. Right after. because because at this point I started to think, okay, maybe this is like another. Earth, but then I remember, like, no, it can't be because, like I said before, uh, New Genesis and Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse exist outside of the, the Aurora worlds that makes up the multiverse. Like, they exist everywhere. So it yeah. couldn't have been that. So I, I guess that's when I really was like, I, I, I guess he's uh, in heaven or dead. And another, thing or another thing that doesn't make much sense is that Desaad uncloaks and he's Metron. Yeah. Which doesn't really yeah. make any sense. Yeah. And then Metron tells the family that they're on the wrong Earth. You got to get to the other Earth. And then he opens up and a portal and you see like, all the Justice League. Like, you're, uh, you're here, but there's another world where, uh, I guess, crises and or something like that. rebirths and crises exist. What, what bugged me out about that also is the, the ending of that issues uh the nine panels it's like this big bomb has been dropped there's a whole nother world and like flanky frank uh sorry flashy funky, funky flash, flash man, man is doing his stanley his, he's stanley yeah, stan <laughs> stanley's doing his and uh, what's gonna happen next time with the next and mr miracle gets another carrot and he eats it <laughs> he's like all bloody him and Barter all bloody they've had this big ass war with dark side and as they're doing the ending outro uh, he picks up a carrot and he eats it anyway. <laughs> he's still covered in blood, still shocked that he's on a wrong earth. Uh, but back home, free of dark side, Scott shaves his beard, and him and his wife continue there. Go ahead, brother. I don't think he. I don't think he even cared about uh, the other world because I'm sure that he was aware of it all that yeah. time. Yeah. And he wanted no part of uh, going back to like he's going back to life because I'm just recapping this story with the context that that man died in the first page of the book and everything well, it, that it we gets, saw. Yeah, it gets yeah. muddied waters because it when when he starts getting haunted by, not haunted in a sense, but when he's having those conversations with the ghost of Highfather and the ghost of Orion and all that, and they're telling him, like, Orion's like, you had the chance to escape and you didn't escape. It's like, you could have left, you could have done whatever you wanted, but you oh, decided yeah, to yeah, stay. Yeah, it's like, yeah. that's when it's like, it starts getting to me like, 
well, did he really now die? Because what if he was offered that chance to go to... What if that was him being offered a chance to go to heaven and he said no? no. They definitely threw some red herrings there, but I feel like uh, like right now, like at the point of the story where we're about to discuss right now, he's told by two different people that he is dead. One person tells him he decided to stay in heaven. One person told him that he was in hell, but he was told almost in like no uncertain terms that, yeah, you died. Wasn't Orion you know? one of those people that told him that? I think it was, yeah. That's yeah. what I was... Gra- Granny, told him, Granny told him he was in hell, and I think Orion told him he was in heaven. Yeah, or Ob- was Oberon one of those people well, who told him as well? It, might, it, 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 it was somebody who was already dead. Well, that's the thing. I, I think it was Oberon. I think it was Oberon then was yeah, telling him. Yeah, because I think, you, I mean, you do see that he's haunted by the ghosts of Granny, Highfather, Orion, Darkseid. Like, no matter what he does, they're showing up on his couch. They're showing up in and his kitchen. And then there's the fact that these people are dead. Yeah. That <laughs> makes it, like, yeah. so it's so, it even it, less credibility for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. By the time oh, I get to man, the ending of it. it what, if, what if, what if these are people at his, at his deathbed? What if these are people talking to Scott? As so he died before Oberyn and... Or... Well, the, these people, if nothing happened after his suicide, then none of these people are actually dead. Then Darkseid is alive, Orion's alive, because none of those events happened. Yeah, none of those events happened. suicide. So he's it in It would bed. just be Oberon, though. I think Oberon... Uh, uh, uh. Oberon would definitely be dead. Obi-Ron. Obi-Ron. I think he's definitely dead, though. Because yeah. I feel like that was something that his Scott's own mind was trying to remind him of. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see that Bart is pregnant again with a girl. And Did you write down the really name? Because I don't remember the name. They had a name? I don't, yeah, think, she... She got, I don't think the girl got a name. She, she wanted to... Yeah, they. Yeah. Uh, I think they agreed to name her after her aunt of some sort. It was like Barta was brought... Was, brought... Yeah, but it was another one of those like Ironbreaker kind of names. It wasn't... Oh, a... uh... I think it was like another like really exaggerated name. So he was like, ah, we'll, we'll think about it or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, we see that he's still haunted by everybody, but uh, he would not allow them to dictate his future anymore. I just love that he was kicking his feet on the ghost of dead of Darkseid while with while the bait while he's playing with Jacob. Like that's just that's just hilarious. <laughs> he has deep conversations with Granny, High Father, Orion, and um, not Darkseid. Darkseid's just there chilling. He beats up the ghost of High Father. <laughs> Yo, he knocks him out. He beats him up because he basically was he was speaking self righteous to him. Yeah, he's like, oh, listen, man, you're dead. I don't got time for this self righteous talk, and just knocks him out. Yo, this is one of the this is one of the coolest comics I just ever read, and I just I'm so glad that I get to just sit here talk about this no, and just it's, it's mark amazing. out to all of this existential drama that Tom King has unfolded in front of us. Because that's basically what this is. It's just one giant twelve issue existential question. Yes. I love this part though because um, we see them, like you said, he's sitting on the on the couch and his legs are up on dark side, um, and it's a different Scott. He's he's shaved clean. He's happy. He's a father. He's in love with his life. He's in love with his wife. <laughs> I just think the worst part about this is that, that it he's isn't dead. <laughs> that he's really dead. <laughs> yeah. You are a cynical, <laughs> cynical man. It's like it's so it makes the, the all the happiness of the ending makes it even worse. Because yeah. it, he didn't get that. No, I mean, I... Like, he did not get this. No, you're not You're not wrong, but, I mean, isn't Mr. Miracle in his, by design, immortal? By them being, like, new gods and stuff? Yeah, like, by design, aren't you... No, wrong? no. Well, no, no. They well, are... I think Orion gets killed in um, Final Crisis. Yeah. So, oh, well, I mean, like, I, that's the question. Like, they... if a god can bleed, is he really a god? 
Wasn't that um Mickey Rourke's line? No, in... that was in a Batman's world, line. In, a world like the DC, in the world like the DC, like the DC multiverse, there is uh, it, it's it's the same way someone. People ask, like, how can Bruce Wayne be an atheist when he's met gods? And it's like, in the DC multiverse, gods are just uh, another advanced species. You know, like, they're so... So then it it defeats uh, the purpose of calling them gods, you know? like Heaven and hell. Well, it, it it is what they are. Like, they're not creation. Like, they actually have... There is, you know, like... Christian, Christian, uh, Catholic God or whatever in the DC universe, like the Phantoms, uh, the oh, Judas directly for yeah, him. The Phantom Stranger is Judas, isn't he? That's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the, the Spectre like works directly for God, and um, we've been to hell. I like Swamp Thing when it got Abigail Arcane's soul from hell, and then when we see the map of the multiverse, heaven, hell, New Genesis, Apocalypse. The dream world, the nightmare world, they're all just places in the multiverse. Like, it's, it, these are just other species. They are, they are gods because compared to us, ah, that's what they are. It's but, the Thor thing, right? Magic, my magic. Is yeah, there. basically, like magic, we don't understand. Like, science says to advance for us, uh, things like that. So it's like, is, is Scott Free technically a new guy? Uh, yes, but he definitely can die. Like, I they, think, they all can. I think I think it's actually like very sweet and poignant when you hear Scott um, say, you know, that he loves his life and that basically looking into the eyes of his son is like looking into the face of God, which was the one thing they kept bringing up over and over again. And it just it just felt right. Like, the, again, although there's some negative connotations of what actually happened and what life Scott's actually living here in this moment, unlike other stories by Tom King, he is choosing to actively be more optimistic given everything that's on his. For the layman. I like how you say it's negative connotations. Like, that man is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that that man motherfucker is dead. dead. He's dead. Yeah, maybe he's in a coma. If it, was, a, if it wasn't for the static shock stuff... This is way too long of a, of a dream sequence for a dead man. Well, I mean, how... Yeah. Like, coming like, in and can out you imagine dead, how... Like, I think the studies dreams. was, is like, our dreams are only, like, 15 seconds long, but to us, it lasts, like, hours yeah. and everything. Yeah. So, it's like, the, the only reason why it gives me any clue that his life is fading by the strings is because how each issue ends with that staticky moment but that's, unless, like... Unless he is... Uh, but it's not uh, even just... New God Jehovah's Witness, he can get blood transfusion. Do you understand? He can, he can get my man back. Oh, well, what is the it. blood type of a new God? Like, d- does Earth have that kind of power on hand? Like, I don't know. can can I do not? So. I want but, some bone uh, wine. Is what I want. I want some, I bone, want some wine. bone wine myself, Give man. Some I need wine. some Grinding bone up wine. Fermented God bones to make wine. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> lord. It's like um, my lord yeah that so you you even brushed over that like how the hell did we get a new blade made of orion's body oh yeah Bart barda knows how to barda crush up she, she knows rock. how to crush up old gods barda's the rock thanks baby. granny <laughs> the issue and story kind of ends with uh both barda and scott blaming dark side's influence on their son destroying the tv remote in the washing machine <laughs> and the oh couple God, share yeah. a kiss what are your guys' final thoughts or any thoughts that I missed, any scenes that I missed uh, about oh. Mr. Miracle? Yogi first, oh, go I ahead. I think we've really talked about everything. I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. No, it's all – it was great. It was a, it was a great story. Um, I'm glad that it is so self-contained. Like I don't, I don't want to see Scott show up anywhere else with two kids 
and uh, domesticated life with no, Bardock. No, true. I can watch like, more I'm Mr. Just, Miracles, just not this this specific story of just, Mr. Miracle. I can see Mr. Miracle in a, in more New Gods uh, stories, which is <laughs> definitely going to happen now that the movie's coming out. But um, I love what we got. I hope it's not touched upon again. I wanted yeah. to just end right here. I don't even ever want Tom King to come out and tell everyone whether or not uh, Scott Free was dead or yeah. alive. I feel like the oh no, an ambiguous the, ending the, the, is perfect. Not getting an answer. Yeah, that that was great. That was great. He didn't give us any. It really didn't. They. I say they gave us an answer by people telling us. But if you really wanted to make the argument, you could still find. Uh, probably evidence no, that that's true. it's something else. I can find both <laughs> ways to, to argue that he did die, and I can find ways to argue that he survived. I like, don't know, man. Last time they did an ambiguous ending for DC property, it ended up an HBO miniseries. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I see what you did there. Made a, a huge error not <laughs> killing everybody in his story. At the end, at the at end the everyone end. died. And that's no, just ended. four important characters died. I mean, four very important characters. But um, no, he, that's that's yeah. probably the biggest piece of evidence that it didn't happen. Like the High Father, Orion, Dark Side, all died. And like, Granny no. Goodness in like one twelve issue story. Like no, no, it didn't happen. That didn't. You can't mess with <laughs> a continuity like that. I think this issue or these uh, this this uh, series is just as the art is just as important as the. Um, the actual oh, story yeah. and the actual, um, you know, dialogue. That's all. Dialogue is great. The story is great. But some of that artwork is what really moves you. Oh no! If you gentlemen 100%. had to pick a page panel moment uh, from the story that you think moved you the most or surprised you the most, uh, what would it be, Dan? First, <laughs> Scott being bonded to that bed. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> the whole time I'm just like, wait, don't go too tight. His wrists still have the stitches. And it's like it's like watching the old porn where it's all it's all uh, it's all uh, what do you call it? Um, buffering. Yeah, because it's and it's tracking. The stat- static. It's like well, what is it's that? Tracking you're trying to watch some of those illegal channels. Anybody yeah, that yeah, knows yeah, my right, American listen. Pie knows that. So you got to keep Nickelodeon on back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. Uh, Yogi. Well, I love the use of the static across like the whole book. Like it was just in random panels and everything like that, showing you that the uh, it's not what you think it is. Yeah. But um, I think my favorite panel would have to be Dark Side. Well, like that was a whole page. It was Dark Side eating the veggies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. If we're gonna go by pages, yeah, that's that specific page. Because it was like one, but 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 like one single. There was this panel where Barda, after she told Scott she was pregnant. Where, like, in one panel, he kind of sticks his head out. And then in the very next panel, he's got a giant smile across his mask Aww. while he's hugging Barda and the baby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's so wholesome. <laughs> I love the way they draw emotions. Like, this whole nine-panel page thing really helps excel the emotions when you can have the eighth panel, someone sad, and then the ninth panel, you have them happy. Like, you get to see those wide range of emotions that hit them. So when he was told he, that they're pregnant, yeah, man, you just see his 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 scaredness, his readiness. Yeah, I might be. I hope it's romantic, but I absolutely loved every one of the scenes where Scott's leaning on her on the couch. It's very oh, there's yeah. various different moments in which that happens, but he seems so comfortable in her embrace. He seems so safe in her presence that 
I don't know, man. It's just something very optimistic in, in a lot of what was going on, wasn't it? And I, I really fought for them tooth and nail to get past everything, given, again, what we think happened. Um, if we put that to the side, <laughs> I think that uh, their their story of trauma and triumph and getting past where the, what they were born with and what cards they were dealt is inspirational, if you don't draw us Especially the after their fight, when she, like, yeah. brings all the cards on the table and she's like, you know, you tried to escape me. And, 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 like, and when she's still I- there. When they went back to the house, she's sitting on the couch. He just sits there. He puts his head on her lap. Like, she, she yeah. sees she's in her phone with That's both hands. Batman party. Yeah. yeah. Once he lays down and puts his head on her lap, she takes her hand off the phone and pats his head. And then puts her hand oh, back on the phone. No, I'm and telling you. the mother box. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm looking at them. All their oh, phones man, throughout like the whole boxes. book, <laughs> the mother box was basically a cell phone. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah, I was like, wait, <laughs> that's not, she's not using a cell phone. That's a mother he, box. He woke up in the middle of the night checking the time on his mother box. Yep. <laughs> like, no, yeah, she rolls, o- she rolls over and she grabs the mother box to see what time it was. It's like, and yo, that's where they get their messages. <laughs> They're like, oh, we got a message from Orion. Or, oh, we got a message from High Father. That was their cell phones. They had the, the uh, new guy plan. So... I'm, oh, I'm, runner-up has to go with um, Darkseid picking up baby Jacob and Jacob just grabbing, oh, his, grabbing nose his nose with that smile. And then he's like, that means nose. Yeah, yo, the, like, the, no. the, the most like scary, tense part of the whole book was just like giving the sun away from Darkseid. And all you see in the background is, yeah, that means nose. Wait, that means nose? That's just a random noise. He says this he for says no. That, he says that for cat. No, for cat. He says nah, this, nah. Yeah, it's like nah, nah. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's like yeah. it blows my mind how you can literally write parenting jokes into a comic book. Like when Scott was talking with the neighbor, like what was it, um, Barda's friend oh, or whatever, man. in the you know park. What else was mine when they're on top of the car, and they're having the discussion about God, that God is, God has to exist because if it's either not existing or existing. God has to exist so that God is. And if I exist also, maybe I am God. And like they're doing that whole discussion there. And I'm like, Scott's really just trying to get to the bottom of how he feels and what, you know, what emotions he's feeling, what responsibilities, the burdens that he's feeling um, from as small as being just a partner to Barta to as big as being the harbinger of death to all the people that he's, that come uh, in front of him to confront him in this war. And, that get the artwork just serves it so well. I wonder honestly. if somebody ever asked Tom if he was okay. Like I'm, I'm gonna write Mr. King a letter and just I mean, he's I'm not, not Hollywood. He's about to be all right. I just want to ask him if he's okay. Like how is he feeling between this vision and Heroes in Crisis? Like, mm. like well, what's going on, sir? Yeah. Uh, do, do we need to like sit <laughs> you down? <laughs> in, intervention, 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 yes. intervention. <laughs> he, he's. Uh, I think he's legitimately been asked about it, and I think that's. The the these are all emotions that he's since overcome. And don't forget, Yogi it... will be the first one to tell you that it, even with all of this on paper, and even with the idea that you can draw conclusions to how Tom King's mental status is, given these stories, people that doesn't stop people from giving him death threats. That doesn't stop oh, people from no, talking, no. dragging him through the mud people, because of Batman that's not fair. and Wally. Just because of Batman. <laughs> how could you? What? What? I mean. I gotta, I gotta assume eight, like ninety five percent of them are like bullshit from people yeah. online with uh, nothing no better to do. To express their rage right. uh, towards uh, some things that happen with a fictional character, and like, don't get me wrong, like I don't want to downplay the way people feel about the characters they emotionally attach themselves to. Like, I get it. I was like 
I was mad when Selena didn't marry Bruce too. But yeah. also the point, you know. No, that's, the thing is, uh, like I've gone on these a record stories of saying, are supposed yeah. to. No, like you were saying, I've gone on a record huh? of saying I've gone on a record of saying I'm not a fan of King's Batman, but we can still come here and talk about the great writing that he's done because he is a great writer and my anger for him i can push not anger not even anger my disappointment on that run is my disappointment because it's not my batman but batman is such a versatile character that the batman that he created is somebody's batman is the exact batman that they envisioned that the problems and and the issues that he goes through kings that's somebody's Batman. So what do I get out of saying, you didn't make mine, and someone's been making mine for the last 20 years, but this one's <laughs> yeah, not mine, yeah. so screw you, it doesn't screw even, how you write. That doesn't even make sense when people say things like that, because like so many people, uh, so many different writers, uh, directors on movies, directors of episodes of TV shows, like there are so many different uh not even versions of Batman. Sometimes they're all meant to be the same, but they're all being told through different voices, so they can't possibly yeah. be the way that they were before. And it's like, whoever your Batman was most likely only existed for like a certain period of time, and then people moved on, but you never let go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, no, you're right. Uh, it's like people comparing everything to the, the to, to the animated series or like The Dark Knight, and like, that's my Batman. But like, that Batman is just an amalgamation of a bunch of other Batmans. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, it doesn't make any sense. There really is no definitive Batman, way. Superman, Spider-Man. There is really no definitive. They're just, it's everybody else's imagination, interpretation, interpretations, it's how yeah. they see it. You know, just because just one issue, one Batman doesn't do a, a thing you like doesn't mean the next issue he's not. And who knows? Maybe there was somebody out here that prior to this story was a humongous Mr. Miracle Mark. And then read this and was like, who the hell? You know, like This ain't my wait, Mr. Wait Miracle. Yeah. Like, you know, like, who knows? They're out there. Now, they're to me, out there. I can't Still. find anybody else that's not going to be this definitive Miracle Man. I find this <laughs> Mr. Miracle. I love this Mr. Miracle. Thank yeah, you. And now if like, you go somewhere else reading a different version, you might be like, I don't know. I uh, it's get probably what not. I wanted. And that's, that's I guess comics. We should, we should disclaimer, like, this not... This is not a version of Mr. Miracle you will yes. see anywhere else. And ever again. <laughs> and you know what? That rarity of this of this Mr. Miracle I is what I hold special. Like I feel like if DC if if DC or Warner Brothers like if Warner Brothers decides they want to click on this story for the movie, then that's that. Yeah. Why couldn't he be Wally? DC could always come around and ask me. Oh, why couldn't Mr. Miracle have been? Yeah, why couldn't Mr. Miracle be the one that shoots up Sanctuary? I, I, mean, I would love to. Re- if, that that would have been awesome. Orion, at least, or somebody. It could have been somebody yeah. from that side. I don't Orion know. That, 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 I mean, that would, I guess, it would. It wouldn't have know. the exact shock value that Wally had. That's the problem. Wally's was for shock value. That's, and I also don't think that the death, that mass death that's is ever going to be forgivable. No matter who you pin that on. I don't think we could ever get to a point where we're like, oh, they were just going through a thing. It's like, no, they murdered a shit ton of people. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just, I mean. It, and they made it look staged, the wall. Oh, Lord. It's Lord. crazy. Especially when we're going through literally today. Like, literally with the mass uh, killings and all that kind of stuff. It's like, we don't need more of that narrative, even though we need to address it. On outright, and we kind of did. I didn't mind. Places. I didn't mind the original idea of something like that being addressed in the superhero community, and I, I was like, okay, I, agree. I am fine with that because uh, stories should reflect the times that they are written in, and sometimes those times are not the best times, and that's when you get stories like Watchmen and all this post-Vietnam War stuff that was great and all, had all this commentary. But uh, as we've mentioned multiple times on this show, that editorial interference 
really, really turned what should have been a fun six-issue, well, not fun, but a very informative six-issue series on PTSD and turned it into a nine-issue bullshit superhero murder mystery that had a bullshit answer and a bullshit ending. Yeah. And that was, um, I guess, completely misrepresented what Tom King was trying to say. Because he was actually trying to go for the emotional heart of it, and they cared more about moving the moving the block over, you know, moving the keeping the the treadmill moving. I guess the wheels in the sky the just, keep on turning. Wheels are turning. Wheels are turning. And just like the wheels in the sky, we're gonna keep on turning. We're gonna keep on putting out great episodes of this podcast. We've Tom Kinged it out for today, but um, are you guys hyped for this Adam Strange Strange Tales Tom King mini Max? I'm gonna have to read it, and we're gonna have to come back the three of us and just we cover King. We're just gonna have to come back it. and cover King. I like. Who will be the king's guards? That's it. We're the king. We're the oh king's guards. God. This is the king's court, and let's just cover all things oh king. Oh dear! Oh dear! I don't know if I'm ready for you that. You guys yet. just on. You guys open Pandora's box, man. <laughs> you, you can't, can't put, put it back, back in the, in the box. box. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I guess I would want to read his Omega Men. Uh, okay. Please. Yeah, I I want to read Sheriff of that. Babylon. I've heard been hearing some good things about Sheriff of Babylon, which is another story that he wrote. Um. But yeah, his stuff is out there, people. Go ingest it. If you read Mr. Um, sorry, if you read Vision by Tom King, we have a podcast on it. If you read the beginning of the Batman run with Bat and Cat, me and Yogi spoke a little bit all about that too. That's also one of the episodes of Major Issues. And now we have um, Mr. Miracle. And Was that he's five now. There's a with, lot. With we're up crisis? there with Alan Moore. Alan Moore's up there as well because we're about to do Miracle Man. We have V for Vendetta. Uh, we covered Watchmen. Uh, so it's it's. Yeah, it's, it's getting fun. Well, when you're uh, a good these... writer, we're going to cover good writers. That's like... it, baby, because we're here to talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We do so every week as a part of the Major Issues podcast with an episode out every Wednesday, Knock on Fake Wood. We've been 87 weeks in a row without missing a Wednesday release, and we're trying to do so. We work so hard for you guys at home who have been listening to episodes like this. So thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to go into our back catalog, all you have to do is search for the Major Issues podcast. We're Wherever podcasts are found, that's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, YouTube, TuneFind. We're literally wherever podcasts are. And if all Just look for us! Hard, yeah, if that's too hard, honestly, the easiest way to find us, Google Please. Major Issues Podcast. Three words, that's it. Hit go. We're the first ones to pop right up. I pinky promise you. And we're the one-stop shop for all these great stories. So make sure that you are uh, subscribed and you're getting these notifications every single week that we come through to do this. Um, And also, I think it behooves all of you guys to follow us on the various social media platforms that we are available in. Because Major Issues comes to you, brought to you by Comic Book Click. So make sure you're going to Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, and use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're at Major Issue CBC, where we're posting constant news about the podcast, sweepstakes to win merch, our merchandise links, uh, memes, and basic comic book media and comic book news. So make sure that you're following us all over the social media platforms because that's the best way to know what we're doing moving forward. And if you don't want to do any of those things and I can ask you to do one more, please rate and review us on iTunes because it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and know the do's and don'ts, what you guys like and what you don't like. And we have to know that soon because I've been to the future where we become the greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. Can't tell you how that happens. You got to jump on the bandwagon now before it gets full. If I tell you, I break the timeline, I cause a crisis, we're going to have to go do a trade with Darkseid. It's not going to be pretty. So go ahead, jump 
hop on the bandwagon now. I'll bring the veggie platters and we'll go ahead and do the damn thing. So make sure that you are here for the next installment of the Major Issues Podcast. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Dan, the comic book man. It's Jonathan Escudero, a.k.a. Yogi. And we have been proud to give you the Mr. Miracle recap and review. And remember, whether or not your uncle was named Iron Breaker, whether, whether you like veggie platters, whether you give out your, whether you will poke out your own eye to trade for a living baby, or whether you think superheroes need their beards back, remember that we are the clique and you, yes, you are worthy.